Hey, good morning, everybody. For those of you catching us live in the early edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, we are happening still in Colombia, South America, Medellin specifically, in the uh, hills and the mountains, the Andes overlooking. It's just so gorgeous here. I'm getting more relaxed by the day. I don't know. I might I might snooze, take a nap, and Super Don might have to take over the show today as we ease into our Friday edition. That It's the weekend already? How did we get here? Anyway, uh, just amazing things that are happening here. I'll be able to share some of those stories with you. And the uh, plan, anyway, if the plan goes according to plan, is to have Dr. Brian Artis with us today. And who knows what other surprise guests we may or may not have on the show as we head into the weekend. For those of you who don't know where I am, mountainsofhope.com. Check it out. Links are up in the show notes. Thanks to Superdon at robertsgadbell.com. And as we ease into the Friday show and then the weekend, I guess I got to remember to say, let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. I don't know how y'all are doing, but dude, I am, I'm relaxed right now, but, and no, no, there's no, uh, uh Colombian medication happening here. Uh, I just had a, uh, what's called a myofacial release, uh, protocol for about 45 minutes before the show, uh, among the many therapies that are offered here at the mountains of hope retreat healing retreat center, uh, outside of Medellin, Colombia. So welcome to the Robert Scott Bell show. I think this is right at the moment. Now I'm just going to say it's the mellow version heading into the weekend. Super Don, you're going to have to deal with me just all chill and relax. I got my Bob Marley shirt on. We're not far south of Jamaica. So why not? <laughs> I see that. Yeah. But I promise you no, no chemical induced substances. Uh, I am, uh, I, I'm fasting today. I did start with a, it's kind of like a juice fast because they do, do the green juice here. Uh, yes. and I put the cardio miracle in it. So, uh, it's a Friday, but uh, it's just, gosh, man, every day I'm here, I get, a, I sink a little bit deeper into, ah, this is the life. This is nice. I just can, uh, you know, am I, the, the, you know, the furrow over my brow is relaxing a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It, well, it good for amazing. you. Good yeah. for you. I mean, this is not, um, this, this is uh, quite a treat. Uh, yes, this is quite a miracle. Yeah. So I don't know what are you going to do with yourself once you get back. You just can be like, well, how do I how do I move to Colombia? Right. Well, this is the thing. I, <laughs> I I see a lot of people. They get here and they stay. And uh, there was a guy that uh, Laban introduced us to, Laban Ditchburn, uh, who they met here in in Medellin, or some say Medellin. I don't know which is the right way to say. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Where does the the J sound come from? Well, the L that we see is pronounced either like a Y or a J, apparently, depending on whose dialect it is. Interesting. Uh, I, okay. I don't make the rules. I just roll with them yeah. in this case. Uh, but yeah, All right. met, met a guy that uh, is from Austria. They came here on vacation and stayed. <laughs> just oh. like loved it. And he's doing he's doing a guided meditation with everybody. They're just wrapping up. They've been doing it for the last hour while I was doing the myofacial release stuff. So maybe we'll learn about how that could was. Could you imagine having having a life mm-hmm. where you could go somewhere to visit and just go, oh we'll just stay. Yeah. I mean think about that, huh? Hey, how how do you how do you achieve that level of of uh 
<laughs> well, the, of life. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, you, you think about ties to your family or if you're raising kids. I mean, obviously, it'd be a lot more difficult. I I, I think this guy is just, he was on his own. He's an adult. He oh, gotcha. Okay. Ties to something. But you can live, you know, if you're the average American in terms of what you make in America, it is so much more than the average wage that happens in a country like Colombia. And the exchange rate, of course, is in your favor while you, while it is. I don't know how long that lasts, but uh, you could live comfortably, you know, for very little. You can live like a king for not much more. Right. So mm. people will, you know, they call it expats that will come and move out of country in, into, you know, other areas. And, you know, I haven't yet, I haven't yet to see the city. I think the city has like four point three million or so. So it's a decent sized city. But right now, up in the hills, you don't feel like you're in a city at all. It's just like you're in the Andes, far from it. The air is very clean. Um, it's beautiful what, what's growing here. And we're so, according to what I'm looking at here, the uh, the denomination in Colombia is the peso. It's the Colombian yes, peso. peso. Yeah. And one U.S. dollar mm-hmm. will get you three thousand nine hundred and eighty-five Colombian pesos. Wow. Now, I don't I don't know how, you know, it's like, what does a peso get you in Colombia? But that's a yeah. that's a pretty significant exchange rate. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we haven't been, you know, when you're here, uh, this is the thing about the Mountains of Hope. You're here and you're taken care of. You you just get here and, and everything's here. Uh, so yeah. you don't have to go out and do those things to know about exchange rates as of yet. We want to go into the city on the weekend, maybe tomorrow or, or Sunday. Uh, and then we'll explore, might we exchange some dollars for pesos or gold backs for pesos? I don't know, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I heard Ed Group and a, and a group went yesterday into town. They found a real good organic restaurant. So we'll be able to have a nice meal in the t- in town, hopefully. Uh, it's the rainy season. Apparently it was pouring heavily down there. It was drizzly a little bit in the morning here, but it was, it's was it been nice up in the mountains. It, they say it oftentimes can rain in the valley and not in the mountain. So uh, just a you know, spectacular uh, gift. And, you know, the, the thematically super D this, this week has been about, you know, healing gifts, miracles. You know, we've talked a lot about getting out of the way. What is abundance? You know, I, I just feel more open to possibilities that, you know, we're just like, how does this, how does this actually happen? As much as I might have that sense that yeah, anything's possible, you're living in a space where things are possible. And it's kind of hopefully it rubs off on everybody. That's what I'm hoping. Because, right. you know, there's so much that draws us away from our best, what we what we really desire to do. You know, kind of like Tim James, what's your what's your highest calling? What's the most joy? What's the thing that brings you the most excitement? And and gravitate toward that rather than think, well, that's just silly. That's just not responsible. And maybe the most responsible thing in the world to do is that which brings you the most joy. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy to achieve this or maybe even maintain it because we're on a planet that is uh, quite diverse in terms of experience. So we've been doing the yin yoga. There's the yin and the yang, right? There's there's the, the light and the dark, the hot and the cold. We're doing a lot of that. You know, I did, again, the, the hot and the cold plunge uh, today, and it, it's gotten a lot easier. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like the first day it's shocking, and then each day it's gotten easier to do it. I don't know if the body acclimates to it, but... It's a, or maybe it's, it's a, just you you know what to expect and so you're prepared for it versus the very yes. first time where you just you want to like uh, cry. 
It, yeah, <laughs> it's certainly possible. Now, I don't have pictures of this, but my son, Elijah, he went swimming in the lap pool yesterday during the middle of the day. And it wasn't even certain, certainly bright and sunny, even through the cloud cover. He got uh, he's a rock lobster today. Actually, oh, no. Yeah. So we were giving him uh, both the silver spray. I had the sovereign silver and argent sprays and and they had fresh aloe growing here. So they, they cut up a leaf and they brought mm. it down, put it in a bowl, and it's like the sticky, gelatinous goo of aloe and just slathering it all over his back multiple times with the silver. So we'll see how he's doing today. He's still sleeping. Uh, and I had, a, I don't know what was going on for, with me. I had a little bit of a, a sinus thing and a little bit of the pressure behind my eyes where sometimes they'll get, and you feel like a little headachey overnight. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, it's like the, the whole experience is shifting things. It's cleansing things. It's detoxifying things. And I got up and I still did, you know, some of the yoga and I did the hot and cold thing. And then I did this myofacial release with uh, Mike Murphy, his wife, who, who does this. She's an attorney as well. And what a what a healing gift she is. Uh, so worked on some things, you know, I talk about, um, you know, the, the tension in the neck that we get from being on the computer or doing the show like we do or uh, specific things on one side of the body. And so it's a release and she does it very gently. There are, there are those that do the Rolfing techniques. If you've heard of that R O L F, I don't know that we've ever talked about that in depth on the show. Super D. I don't Rolfing. think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really where your, your myofascial release is. It's kind of brutally painful. Some of the, the Rolfers can do that. And, you know, you're crying in tears. You, you just, uh, but you come out of it and you're like, oh my gosh, my body is different, right? Now this this technique, whatever it was she did, it wasn't so brutal. So I, I feel very relaxed. Like That's why I'm like, this is the mellow Robert Scott Bell show today. I hope it's as entertaining as you want it to be <laughs> and the subject matter we'll cover. Yes. And that maybe we'll get, get Brian Artis in here as well to talk about some fun stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I've experienced here, and this is not just here, but it occurs to me, you know, we don't know how long we have on this planet. None of us do, I don't believe. But after after we reach adulthood, sometimes we think, well, we've we've done it a lot. We've done it all. Or we've met all the people we're going to meet. We've got all the friends we're going to have. And I've just found in my adulthood, I've made some of the best friends. And I still have friends from childhood. We've talked about that as well. But I've made friends with people that like, holy tamole, I mean, later in life that you can still meet people that you haven't met in this lifetime and they can become like family to you, friends to you. And I think that's an exciting thing to realize that that's possible or for some, you can't conceive of it. you like, you got your social sphere, your circle. This is who, you know, this is who all you're ever going to know. And, and I'm just like thrilled with the fact that almost every day there's something new popping up, meeting somebody new, interacting. Now we do, sometimes it's, uh, you know, just an interview where we meet somebody and we may never talk with them again, but we just had a special connection in a moment in time. And there are others that you become lifelong friends with along the way. And, you know, some of the people here and, and I, I consider like Brian Artis, the more I learn about Dr. Artis, the more I enjoy hanging out with him uh, and, and how similar the stories are that he had and growing up that I had at different eras a little bit, but how we came to similar conclusions in different ways and that we're on this parallel track of you know, to some degree, counteracting the, I'll have to say it, the Luciferian aspects of allopathic medicine. That is, you know, the, these doctors, what they do, what they did to me for the first 18, 19 years of my life, which is where I described that moment in time, 
that I decided I am not going to become a medical doctor, even though that's all I knew growing up, I was going to do as a young person. And I said, I can't do what they did to me. If I did that to other people, I would be miserable. But it, you know, it's worse than that in terms of what they do, you know, to women, I've joked about, you know, uterus are us dry body part removal service. You know, they'll remove the, your, your uterus while we're in there. Hey, we, you don't mind. We, we pulled out your, your ovaries as well. We didn't think you needed them. Uh, these are the things that you hear and you go, is that real? Does that really happen? And other stories of, you know, if you're in a hospital setting, dealing with the uh, executives within the business side of the hospitals that have all become, you know, super big business, having these meetings each week where you describe, here's the patients, here's the, and it could be kids hospitals. And you're like, well, what's their insurance? They, they assess that and they go, oh, here's the insurance. This is their deductible. What can we, what can we tell them they need? I mean, you, you don't think about it because you're not privy to the behind the scenes things that go on in these hospital settings. And you think, well, they're heroic doctors and nurses trying to save lives. And I don't dispute that there are times that, you know, they are doing that. But in the in the greatest scheme of, of allopathic medicine, it is it is poison, cut, burn for profit. And you didn't need the surgery. We didn't need to pull your ovaries out and it, on and on it goes. Children. Yeah, you know, uh, things are removed from their body parts based on their insurance. You don't see that side of it. And so the sales job is done that these doctors are just heroic care. They care for you. And it's not a wholesale indictment of every doctor. The doctors that are not upset now know what I'm talking about. If you are upset, maybe you're part of the problem. But it's a recognition that as I went to Emory University back in the 80s, that many of my friends my same age group that were going on the pre-medical track to medical school. I don't remember them telling me stories of, I want to go into medicine because I want to help people heal them. I want to do, I, I just don't remember maybe one or two, honestly, that the vast majority of the, I call them kids. Cause I was a kid too, teenagers going into pre-med to go to medical school. It was because they wanted the big car. They wanted the big house. They wanted to be able to, you know, do all these things. They wanted the status, the stature, the ego gratification. So when we try to, you know, kind of soft pedal it and say, well, doctors are really good people and nice people. I recognize that individually that's, that could be true, but they're not all. And in fact, they have a choice to make at any point in time to not do the horrific things that they are doing and that they have done. And then, you know, my son likes talking about the sunken cost fallacy. You know, that one, Super Don, you, you're into all of the different fallacies, sunken cost fallacy. I believe that is that you have invested a lot of time and effort into mm -hmm. something. And yeah. it becomes a situation where even if you know that there's no point to it or that it's not going to have the end result that you want, you don't want to mm -hmm. stop because you don't want to lose all of the time that you've invested into it. Yeah. yeah. And you think about medical school, how much in debt that you are. And at that point, they have you by your license, by the loans that you, you have to pay back. And the fact that you want to be able to have that car and house, or maybe you have kids and you want to send them to school, whatever. And, and, and so the compromise on many levels is on. And, you know, this is a living in, I guess, a, what I call a, in conflict with yourself, 
And when I say the self, I mean the soul that is the essence of who you are, not that you have it, but that's what you are. And and there's a conflict. And this is why there's such a high depression and suicide rate in the allopathic professions. I you know higher in the in the dental professions. I think over the years because of the the mercury exposure as well. But just like my uncle Bob said, you know, if you go into medicine, you're going to be miserable. And he's a doctor. And I didn't understand it. And now I, of course, I did later to say, yeah, you're right, Uncle Bob. You know, you knew my spirit and I couldn't do to this to other people what, what you doctors had done to me. And and Brian Artis has similar uh, things to relate as well. And we've talked about that. And and so how do you and this is a serious question or a sincere question. I'll say this, Super D. How do you mitigate the communication of I don't want to dismiss a whole group of people who are, quote unquote, medical doctors but I also don't want to give them a free pass for what they're doing outside of the narrow scope of where allopathic medicine has, you know, life-saving interventional benefits. All right. Because it, it really, we have such a warped perspective on even today, even as we speak, you and I speak and have done this for years together. Uh, the reverence that's given to the medical doctor and the profession is still, I would call it ungodly. And, they Not as doing, much as it used to be, though. You think so? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. and I think I think COVID had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, as far as not wanting to make a blanket statement and put everybody under the same umbrella, I respect that. I agree with that because mm -hmm. you know you can't. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's doctors. There are doctors that are there where you are right now. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. So to say all doctors, that's that's not a fair and accurate statement. Um, I think, you know, what we're, what we're, what we're looking at, the way we're looking at it is, is what we grew up with. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it was different. When we were yeah. kids. The yeah. doctor said, stand on your head and, and you, know, <laughs> you did it, pluck right. your eyebrows out. You know I mean? It's like that. That's what, that's what the doctor said. You go, mm -hmm. the, he's the expert, you know, he's right. the one that went to medical school. You know, who are you to, to question the doctor? Mm -hmm. People do that a lot more now. Uh, but, and, it, yeah. and it drives the establishment crazy. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to handle that still. They don't yeah. know how to handle that because more and more people have have uh, questioned that. And of course, they they look at it and they go, oh, well, we're doomed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's going to be the end of the world because, you yeah. know, people, have, the, the rise, the deadly rise of anti-science. Right? right. No, they, they're defending their cult. They are. They're defending their terrain or their turf. And they see that the rise of this kind of awareness and consciousness is something that it threatens their way of being, their way of living, their quality They are of unwilling life. to examine themselves. Mm -hmm. They are unwilling yeah, to question. They're uh, to yeah. question. Yeah. They're 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 um well, what would you say? You know, to to question what it is that they quote know. Yeah. Right. Well, and the thing is more people to your point are learning about what they don't know and no longer in that same subjugated worshipful place and it's uncomfortable for a number of folks that enjoyed that exalted status i guess mm -hmm. so if you're driven by the ego you know medicine is a good profession to go into because you have an automatic elevation above everybody else 100 percent. and you yeah. know if you're driven by the heart of healing to become a doctor is a great challenge in terms of allopathic medicine because you have to subjugate your true desire, your heart's desire to help. And, you know, if you're a nurse, many of these nurses have been through and seen so much that have woken up, um, you know, Kimberly Overton and that crew, the, the Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing, they're 
doing their best to, to, to do penance and recover and restore their integrity, much less help those in need. And I, I credit them and love them and appreciate them for that. But, you know, modern medicine destroys lives more than it helps lives. I will say that. And I don't have a qualm in saying so. And I, and I mean the lives of the doctors and the nurses who are engaged in it. It's destroying them spiritually because of what they engage in when they learn that the insurance companies are dictating to them what they can do. This is what my uncle Bob was telling me, you know, when I was a teenager wanting to be a doctor, he says, the government is, is getting more and more involved to tell us what to do. We can't do what we know is right. Even, you know, even if we want to, and it was mild then in the seventies and eighties by the time Obamacare hit. And so the entire system of, of Western medicine as its dominant model as quote unquote healthcare has got to crumble and we've got to reset it and it's going to happen whether we want it to or not, because it has no basis for on which to stand anymore. As more and more people realize it, they are going to turn to other methods or just abandon medicine altogether unless they have the proverbial broken arm, the bones sticking through the, you know, and they, they know how to put them back together. Right. Uh, so we are at uh, a significant turning point, not because I have done anything. Any one of us has made that happen. You know, we have observed it. I have observed it. I have lived it and lived through it and pointed it out perhaps many years before a lot of others. Uh, but I'm not patting myself on the back because I did. I was like, for whatever reason, I was sent here and I agreed to it to come to do the things that I do that are somewhat upsetting to some. Others are very grateful for what I've been able to bring to their lives. And, you know, I'm grateful that you're here with me on this journey. <laughs> and many I haven't met yet that are going to be able to pick up the baton and carry this thing forward uh, to re restore some integrity or all of it, or the most we can uh, to the healing arts and sciences. Because, you know, the things we're talking about here, when we talked about uh, the healing for the ages group, Dr. Jana Schmidt was here. And of course, Dr. Group and uh, Dr. Henry Ely piped in by a zoom last night to a presentation we did. I was on a panel. It was really great. And, you know, it's not that we abandon science. In fact, we love it. We all of us love to dig deep into validations. But at the same time, it's not the limiting uh, aspect here. We have a lot of clinical experience and knowledge and observation. And we don't deny that simply because it hasn't been tested in a peer reviewed set setting and then, you know, uh, published in that way. As we know, a lot of peer review is is sham and scam. So it isn't the end all when we talk about even evidence based or outcome based medicine. We know that they've altered the term evidence-based because you can provide all the evidence you want. If it's for a homeopathic remedy, many will reject it simply because they won't allow the potential for some other explanation for of reality, of how the world works, how the body works in terms of the energetic input into the system and what it gives you back. It's not all about biochemistry and reductionism. Uh, so if I go back in time, once again, 1844, the American Institute of Homeopathy was founded. This is mid 19th century. And then three years later, you have the American Medical Association founded with the express intent and purpose to wipe out its competition, primarily then homeopathy. So the, the battle for the ages has been on for a long, long time. And when I say modern medicine or allopathic or pharmaceutical Western medicine monopoly is the medicine of the devil. I know that's an in intriguing statement. Uh, and, and it may be one that inflames people out there. I don't mean that it doesn't have a place because God created the devil and Lucifer and all of that. So there's obviously a role and a job for the, that 
to fulfill. And we could be agents of that if we want to, sometimes consciously for some others, totally inadvertent and unconscious. Those that are trapped in sunken cost fallacies, doing things that they know are not right, but they're so far in and they're threatened with the loss of everything that they've come to know and become accustomed to in their lives that they're unwilling to do what is right in the face of the consequences of doing what is right, which is not always pleasant. Isn't that interesting? Well, we were taught in, you know, church or synagogue, whatever, if you do the right thing, you'll be rewarded. And yet they're confronted with a reality. If I do the right thing, I know that because you know, the insurance companies tell me to do this. I know this patient doesn't need that, but if I don't do it, the hospital will sanction me or fire me. And so if I do the right thing, look at this consequence. I don't like that. So I'm going to continue to do the wrong thing. But what is, what is the, the price on that? You know, on, on soul, on your, your, your very essence, what will you have to pay back in terms of the debt that you've incurred, whether you call it karma, what will you reap as you have sown? And the question is, can you live knowing that? Or do you then go into cognitive dissonance with the help of chemical substances? drugs to, to numb you from the harm that you're causing the evil that you might argue that you're doing in the midst of, you know, a medical license that gives you a special privilege to do things that are harmful or deadly that would, you know, uh, uh, would, would cause others to be uh, imprisoned, right? I can't kill <laughs> with wanton disregard for life and go, well, that's just the, you know, that's part of your, your business model as we talk about in modern medicine. And as I do that, I have uh, one of my dearest, newest, bestest friends, I can say, I don't know if his ears were burning while he was on his way. He was doing some guided meditation, but uh, Brian Artis is about to join us here live on the Robert Scott Bell show. Let's see if we can get you in here, get that microphone over to you. And what a setup. Oh my gosh. What a setup. Oh my God. This is beautiful, isn't it? Let's yeah. see if I get that turned to you. If not, keep sneaking in over. We're, I think we're good now. So, hey, Super Don, say hi to Brian Artis. Howdy, y'all. How is everybody? Hi, hi, hi Brian Artis. <laughs> How are you, buddy? I'm good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm over here and you're there. So, I think you're in a better situation than I am. But, well, I'm enjoying uh, the situation I'm in. I'm hoping you're enjoying the situation you're in. What a situation. I'll be glad when we go back to our regular time slot. I can tell you that much. Yeah, it's, for him, it's like starting at uh, 7 in the morning. <laughs> oh. Did the show every day now yeah. since we've been here. So. Well, did you do a cold plunge like we did first thing at, this morning when you woke up? Heck no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been very mellow this morning after doing these three or four days in a row now. And then I had the mild facial release from Mike's wife. And it was not painful like I thought it might be. And so I'm just very relaxed and I'm just, you know, philosophical about what's going on. And, you know, one of the things I was sharing before you got here is like, you know, we're, we're old and we're adults. We have kids that are grown for the most part. And yet I find myself making new friends like you in this lifetime that make life even more incredible that you like you, you grow up, you think, well, I have my friends. That's it. I'm not going to meet new people. And I'm just so thrilled you know the more we get to know one another and talk about things it's like uncanny the parallels in terms of how you came to the conclusions you had and the journey you had what you did and how you did i mean how do how do how does this orchestrate it I, i'm getting very philosophical today about all of this just looking at this big picture and going this is amazing it has been a uh, incredibly humbling experience actually because uh it has felt like a massive explosion of a new network of friends and family and mm -hmm. And you were definitely one of those, man, for me. It's been yeah. very exciting to get to know you. 
Yeah. And, and I was, you know, talking about the, the harsh reality of thing. We we're, we're sharing this planet with a lot of other human beings, souls incarnate into the bodies and at, at various different experiences, states of consciousness. And yet why were we compelled to take on something that, well, man, it doesn't lead to a lot of rewards in terms of if you want accolades from the mainstream of what we grew up in, in terms of what is and who is lauded and who is appreciated. We're taking on. Yeah, where's I, my Nobel Prize? Yeah, <laughs> for, for doing these extraordinary things that normally you'd think, wow, that's just so amazing. Yet it threatens the status of so many, the, the power structures of so much that, that preceded us getting here this lifetime. And yet I, I you know, I don't. I don't want to deny anybody the freedom to do what they want to do. But at the same time, we are held to account if we harm somebody. And yet there's an entire profession of people when they get their degrees or degrees in the medicine field and they have a license and they're, they're certified even that they can get away with murder and have been for generations. Uh, and there's something I think there's something wrong with that. And, and I don't mind saying that. And does that make me? How would you say it? Does it make us anti-doctor per se? You know, and that no, it should be disgusting to all people who love themselves and love other humans. Yeah, it should be very disgusting, actually, <laughs> that people will put profit, accolades, titles, awards, mm -hmm. positions over doing the right thing, which should be doing the greatest or trying to attempt to be the greatest for an individual who is suffering. And to be great would not be mutilation, drugging, poisoning, lying gaslighting which is uh, so prominent in the medical profession there are there are many i actually uh, have appreciated who can gravitate to the awareness that there's something wrong in their profession mm -hmm. but i still uh, find it very shocking that so many who have been awake to the to the reality that our government the united states government would fund and bribe hospital systems to inflict harm and poisons and mm -hmm. death through a covid-19 protocol to me, it's still shocking that they will still go like this. Yeah, but we can still, we should still promote ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and we should still promote Eliquis for blood clots or whatever mm -hmm. other drugs there are. And I'm like, why don't you just, why doesn't it make you more like you when you were 19 years old, when you started questioning what in life have I been lied to? What is true yeah. and what is false? What yeah. is real reality? What has been created reality? Mm -hmm. Why does they don't, so many do not go like this. Wow. Is there something more massively wrong with the, the profession that I'm sitting inside of mm -hmm. uh, that I uh, continue yeah. to defend, right. continue to support, continue to honor? I don't know why they don't do that because it only took a few moments for me in my yeah. life to actually understand there's something very wrong yeah. in uh, their dialogue. Hey, Super D, what is it about you know, what Brian just brought up? When you realize at some point in your life, and you've been hanging out with me for a long time, so you know this, you've been lied to about a lot of things, almost everything. The more you uncover, you're like, oh, that's another lie. That's another lie about history or how it impacts what's today, what is real, what is not. And, and you know, how do you go forward with that knowledge and go, well, you know, just put that aside and continue to believe in Santa Claus, you know, for one thing. <laughs> I mean, that's a mild addition of the version of what we're talking about here. But how do people do that? that live in that state of dissonance? That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, <clears throat> you've got people that uh, like to red pill mm -hmm. and you've got people who like to blue pill. But I think there's a segment of the, of the uh, population that kind of likes the purple pill too. 
and and it's the purple pill. Well, it's because uh, you know it's like well, okay, that's a lie. Although I can't believe that they did that. We're like, oh, this this lie over here. Well, you know, I'm really comfortable with that lie because it's it, you know if I had to to uh, take the red pill on that one, it would be really uncomfortable. I'd have to maybe change my lifestyle. It would have an effect on my life that maybe I'm not quite ready for. So I'll just kind of, you know, I'll kind of blue pill that one for a while. But this one over here, it's selective red pilling, I guess you would call, right? And I, I think that, that I think it's I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature for people to do that. And I think everybody could fall into that category. You know, the farther you drill down on on things, because you know, there are some people, man, they go down the rabbit hole and it's like you just don't see them ever again, you know. Um, that's true yeah you know i i think there's there needs to be a balance on everything um and sometimes it's hard to find but you know he's super don's the every man he i get that perspective and i can really go you know if i'm out of touch i'm like super deep ground me and you know what's going on out there because i <laughs> i realize i can drift off this planet really i can't easily. tell you how many people i've had to talk off a ledge man over the years you know in, in doing what we do where it's just like look look i get it i get it you know it's like but not everything is fake. Not everything, you know. I, I mean, it's just, you know you gotta you gotta find that balance, and sometimes it's hard. It is hard, especially when you when you when you get red pilled on something really significant that has, a, you know, a, a profound effect on your life, and you're just like, oh my gosh. Well, what's the, what's the automatic reaction to something like that? Well, if they lied to me about that, then what else are they lying to me about? So suddenly you're just on a you're like on a, on a safari of of yeah. searching for all of the things that you've been lied to about and and sometimes people take that too far and they lose they lose touch with their own lives and their reality and the people around them and their families and their sure. you know so it's it's almost like you know you were saying that the doctor artist was on a guided meditation it's almost like you need like a guided uh you know uh a search wow. for some of these things because it, it's when you start chain smoking and watching YouTube videos uh, in the basement of your house and you never come up for air. Yeah. Probably not a good plan. Not a good life Uh, plan. Dude. (laughs) Super D you, you nailed something so profound. Uh, I don't know. Have you realized the profundity with which you communicate? That is, uh, you know, as I dug deep and went deep and before there was this concept of red pilling and started researching everything because of this epiphany of after epiphany, it's like, good Lord, I've been lied to about everything. What is real? Right. Is everything fake? How do you find that which is real in, in that? And yeah, I'm um, having people that have navigated this terrain before me allowed me to learn some. So I didn't have to learn the hard way for everything. Right. There are people that have figured this stuff out centuries ago and otherwise. And, you know, this for me, it was a spiritual journey. Ultimately, I had to be grounded in spiritual law and principle to be able to navigate, not lose myself like that, because there were points in time where I woke up so scared and frightened about what I was learning that I was under my covers. I didn't want to come out like in a cartoon. You're shivering, hiding from the the, 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 the evil monsters that are out there. And you realize they're real. They're real. And so I had to find a grounding in a spiritual, you know, a belief system that would work for me, that I could practice, that I could the same time address and, and confront these realities, but not get so lost. If, you, if that makes sense, you know, how do you live in both of those realities? If that are they separate? Now I ask you, Dr. Brian Artis, because because uh, I love you, my brother, and I, <laughs> and I, and I love hearing from you. <laughs> but I really do think there was some profoundness in your uh your comments there. And I do believe that uh, a lot of us can get caught up in what is real and what is fake. When in reality, there is a real life to live. 
<laughs> like there is a real life uh, that we are truly in a body. There really, in my belief system, there's a spirit. I can't physically see everybody else's spirits or my own, but I believe I have it there. Mm-hmm. There is a real truth that at some point I need to eat food. There is a real point where I have to take a breath and I really need to drink water to keep mm-hmm. this body going and sustained for life. Uh, I mean, there are real things. There are real relationships. There are really people yeah. that you meet. There are really people that you do meet in life who aren't intending to do harm. So there is a real life experience that we have. But then there is what I think comes up for you and I and has many times is there is a false reality that is being created and generated for us. They want you, some whoever it is, any individual wants you to perceive life the way they see it or intend for you to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I enjoy personally figuring out where's the deceptiveness between the engineered mm-hmm. reality. They yeah. want you to see life requires or mm-hmm. life is, mm-hmm. and what is the truth. And for me, life is way simpler than they're trying to projected for us. So, yes. and we even had that conversation this morning, right? We're talking about silver and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now we have these great presentations about different versions of silver, different formulations, nanotechnology, nanoparticles, we got these different, and they're comparing them to other silvers. And the reality is, is silver good for you or not? Can silver be good for you? Yes. Can silver be toxic to you? Could be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can water be good for you? Oh, yes. Can water be toxic to yes, you? Yes, it can. Can it kill you? Yes, it can. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can air, can oxygen be good for you? Mm-hmm. And can it be bad for you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So yes. the reality for me is this, like, I think human beings just have a tendency to make things so complex yes. that uh, the simpler the life, the happier the people and the longer those lives are. Beautifully said. Yes. And that's really what I find in life. I'm like, man, we, we tend to find things either in religion or in support groups or right. in we, whatever, yeah. uh, cults, clubs, um, whatever it is, yeah. foundations where we find a purpose in life or a, uh, something we gravitate to for a while. And, mm-hmm. and, and those, some of those things we get caught up in and it can change and shift the experience of just enjoying taking a breath, yeah. being with others sharing the beautiful landscapes of the earth, mm-hmm. sharing the great food and water we can enjoy, the laughter and the I mean, joy. Yes. And uh, I really do think there's a lot of the attempt of the engineered world to take that from us. Take the joy out of life. Take, take the joy yeah. out of life and make sure they're only working for us. Right. Like, it, like for, they're only working to serve us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to create some different reality or context. Well, and then the, the, the joy that they allow you to have becomes a pale reflection of true joy in terms of connection. You know, we talk about here that I get true joy, like even in the midst of some of these trips we've done together, the time, as much as we enjoy being on the stage and communicating, sharing this wonderful things that we're discovering, and it's just the the feeling, the energy is great. The the time we're not and just enjoying each other, you know, hanging out with you and Jay and your wife and just laughing and Doing the, those things are so valuable, perhaps more valuable in the big scheme of things, because they allow us to find that that maybe impart that sense. If it can't be done by a handbook, maybe that whatever that feeling is you guys have, I want that. And then they're drawn perhaps out of the illusion of the little scraps of pretend joy that the owners that, that George Carlin would talk about mm-hmm. wants you to have. I'll give you a little bit of you can watch football on Sunday. And, you know, and I'm not denigrating because I enjoy sports. I have my whole life. But the idea is it's a shallow reflection of the true joy I've been experiencing on this journey when I found my mission and purpose and lived it to the fullest extent I can. I'm still learning how to do that. And then finding others doing that as well. 
whether it's the same journey or parallel track, or even it just intersects for a little while. Those are the things I, I couldn't and wouldn't trade for anything more valuable than any degree that I could have achieved had I gone on the life course that I thought I was on before that wake up. Right. And then again, to, to not lose myself in the midst of it, that was a spiritual journey for me. And, um, you know, I talked about that on the panel yesterday a lot. I'm always, you know, coming back to that as trying to say, hey, I remind you, this is really what you are and who you are in the right, but you got to figure it out. I can't do it for you. I'm not telling you how to do it, but also respecting that everybody's way to do it may be subtly or significantly different and how much time we spend trying to correct them or discard them because they're not doing it the way we think it should be done. I mean, bleh. I feel like I'm really old and gray now. I'm looking at myself here, talking about this. <laughs> I really love uh, the reference to George Carlin. I mean, really. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about realities. George yeah. Carlin, man, one of my favorite things that he would talk. I mean, I'm just going to build on one of his skits. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much money do you think God really needs to have donated to him <laughs> to fulfill his mission right. for us on earth, right? Yeah. How much money does God really need? And that's really funny when George Carlin makes fun of his mismanagement of money because it appears that it doesn't matter how much money we give the churches to God. Yeah, <laughs> he but, still hasn't fulfilled the mission or intention of send more. human beings around the world. He has a horrible way of managing money. He, but I <laughs> love you. He's like, you're going to burn in hell. You're gonna... That's so funny. That skit where he's like, you're going to go to hell. You're going to burn in hell forever. You didn't give me enough money. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I love you. Yes. <laughs> That's but Carlin at his you. best. Oh yeah, God, so exactly. It's one big club and you and ain't in it. You ain't in it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we create our own club. I think a better so we club. create our own reality. And yeah. yeah. And, and this is uh, the opportunity here at Mountains of Hope is extraordinary because it's these moments in time where we get to remove ourselves from the lack of a better way, the hustle and bustle, the patterns, the, the habits we get into trying to keep up with the things that we have to just to keep a roof over our heads, for instance, in this world. Right. Uh, and, and we're here experiencing some things. And I encourage everybody to be open to the possibilities, the gifts, the healing that you may not know are just waiting for you as long as you don't say no <laughs> or pre pretend you, you're not worthy or you can't afford it and not accept the gifts that are trying to be given to you all the time. Um, how was this? The, this was a surprise guided meditation. Laban met somebody from Austria of all places, came on a tourist thing to Medellin and decided to stay. And he does some kind of breath work guided meditation. I saw you guys doing, I was doing my myofascial release, but I was like, Ooh, dude, I want to do that too. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you share about any of these, that, those experiences or anything else we've had this week? Yeah. So, uh, actually I, I told this guy, Constantine, when he shows up this morning, he's going to do some guided meditation. And my first reaction was, okay, I'll try it. I mean, I've done not intentional, like healing. Let's see if this improves my health or has an impact of positivity on my health. Mm -hmm. Cold plunges. I mean, I've done one before, but <laughs> right. not like we've been intentionally doing this week with saunas. I definitely don't like hot saunas. I'm a hot individual anyway <laughs> by nature. So being hot, I don't, I do not like, I don't like going to deserts. Mm -hmm. So I don't go on yeah. purpose because I don't want to be there because I'm going to be hot. I get very uncomfortable being hot, but going into saunas, cold plunges, saunas, cold plunges every morning. <laughs> after doing yoga, which I've never done in my whole life either, yeah, every morning. So I don't like yoga. I never thought I would like yoga or, or like it. Stretching before sports events, yep. before my basketball games on my whole life. That's not yoga, but it was <laughs> it was funny. Yes. I was like, you know it, but that was not yoga. Mm -hmm. So these are things that uh, I've never tried before. So when that guy shows up, I said, uh, man, I've never meditated in my whole life. I, I guess I'll do it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, uh, and I told him, I've had many, many people in my life begged me to do meditation mm -hmm. thinking it would be very helpful for me. And, and then those same individuals that would look at me and go, and I'd go, well, I don't want to do that. 
And, and they'd go, why not? And I'd go, because I, I know what I hear in my mind when I'm not quiet. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to be quiet and, and hear, hear louder. louder. Yeah. So yeah. no, I don't want to do that. And I really don't know what, like if meditation takes me into a realm of my subconscious, I don't want to know what's in there. <laughs> like, I don't want to know if I was abused as a kid or yeah. some trauma happened to me in a past right. life. I'm not interested in reliving that. So uh, I really just wanted to avoid it. Like, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me go. So this guy's here and I was like, well, let's just do it. I've been told my whole life to try it. And these same individuals though, that were telling me to do this stuff and I've been doing it for decades. What I really loved about them was they would say, don't worry, if you don't want to do it now, it's just not the right time for you. Yeah. The, the time Very will honoring. come and you will do it. Well, yeah. here it is today. Right. So here it is in Colombia, South America. I mm -hmm. uh, did my first meditation. And so this meditation was not what I thought it was going to be. I didn't, I actually thought I would just be run my mind, my mind just be running me with talk, mm -hmm. self-talk. And there was nothing but just calmness and, wow. and vision and images, images would pop up, images would pop up. And some of my favorite images in life are moments that I find the most spiritually powerful mm -hmm. and most exciting moments. And most of those moments that would flash, but they would just come up by his flash, 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 flash. While nothing up, no other words are in my brain. It was really cool. Wow. It was just images and the yeah. visuals were usually moments of me making love to Jane. Wow. And it was just like, boom. Well, like it's just this incredible bliss mm -hmm. that I've never experienced anywhere with anybody else ever that Jane and I have. And it's just been this really cool thing I've been very aware of the yeah. whole time. But it was interesting to see that pop up because mm -hmm. I was I thought closing my trying to shut off my mind and just breathe yeah. would bring up all the chatter that's always there right. anyway. And none of it was there. And it was awesome. It was just vision. It was images, oh, images extraordinary. of this this place. Actually, there was moments of like here individuals that i love in my life was he up, up, up. was he guiding you to find those moments of joy or that just kind of bubbled up to the surface no he just uh he actually was just he was telling you to just breathe mm -hmm. notice any images that might come up any thoughts that come up mm. those are usually going to be based on judgment where you're you're judging yourself yeah. for something and just be aware that it's there and the moments there just move beyond it like just let it be let it come let it go and there were sometimes a word or two or a thought would come up but it would yeah. just as soon as I would acknowledge it was there, it would just pass away. And really all I saw, if I was going to see it, say I saw anything, mm -hmm. there was lights you would see. And as a thought would come, mm -hmm. then the light would go like this into my eyes and come out like this. And it would just yeah. go, whoa, 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 whoa. cool. And that was kind of cool. So uh, actually, it was just a very calming yeah. experience. Well, and I think the environment lends itself to that. I have sure. to say they've created a, an incredible welcoming environment. Tim James has set some things up beautifully with Mike Murphy. And I know it's it's all new. This is the second time they've done this. And I think they're cranking it up officially in January of 2024. Yeah. So if you guys want to experience any of this, mountainsofhope.com. And uh, well, certainly. Are you glad you like came, that. Robert? Yeah. And, you know, the, the funny joke, of course, here, I, I tell the story. How did this happen? I hear Laban knows this guy, Tim, and they're doing this thing. And he, he's in Colombia and there's this thing happening in Colombia. I'm like, Laban and Anna, I love them. They've lived in our home for a couple of months. They're wonderful really? people. And, you know, it's like they're family. It's like, you got to come down. Colombia. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and then you call Robert, Robert, you gotta go. You gotta come. Here's the thing. Going. Down get, 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 yeah. Not taking over. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, Brian artist. Now, now I go to Nancy, my wife, and it's like, you need to go. My wife's going, you need to go. And you need to take the kids. Like you take the kids. What to, to, you, and I asked the kids, you know, and I think I know Ariana, she's going to be all over this and mm -hmm. she's going to want it. And then my talk to my son, which I didn't expect he would want to. He's like, 
yeah, I think I really want to. I kept pushing back on it and he kept saying, no dad, I think I really need this and my wife. So it was a five court press talk about the full court press in basketball. That's how many people love you. Yeah. That's how how many people like you, Robert, and like hanging out with you. You're going to soon realize. Yes. You're a great human being and a lot of people like you. I, I, but I'm stubborn in certain, certain ways. And God knows that, that it takes, you need to hear it from that guy and that guy and your wife and your kids. And then it's like, okay. And even then it's still amazing, you know, and here we are. And I know I've had experiences like this. They're so richly rewarding because you stepped out of your comfort zone. You thought you couldn't do it, but you did it anyway. Yet there's always a little bit of that doubt that comes in. Is this the right thing to do? So you know, I, again, I'm grateful for you definitely topped it off, put it over the, the top. And I love hanging out with you and Jane. It's such you guys have such a s- strong spiritual bond as well. And it just we the do. joy that you have just being together, but the willingness to then share that with others too, to come together with good people. And then life is wonderful. If you can let go of the programming and the engineering. Yeah. And just be, yeah. it's really mm-hmm. fabulous to watch the trust and love that comes into relationships that otherwise, if you've got all this engineered preconceived, mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Yep. Then you'll actually start judging them, shaming them. Why I can't be related to them. Why I can't be actually associating with them. Da, da, da. You'll make excuses why you're not good enough. If mm-hmm. you can just let that crap go. Yeah. You're the, you're, you're human family. Yeah. Well, just be as big and I said, it, we, we, you know, we have an opportunity to find a tribe that may not be necessarily your blood relatives. It could be, but as you've described even on the show, yeah, you, you were, uh, you know, discarded because, you know, you left the, uh, the, the church of your youth. So this idea of unconditional love, which I've learned about in this lifetime, you know, and I, and I said to my, my son, you know, whatever path you, you're on, I love you no matter what. And, you know, he goes and does things that are different. And I'm like, do I really believe what I say? You know, you're going to be put to the test. And uh, I just think the greatest joy is finding those in your life that love you unconditionally and that you can, give that love in that way. And that's the highest form of love. I think that there is. And I think that that's the one that comes from our creator. Absolutely. You know? Uh, so this is the journey and we get to hang out with people. And I know a lot of people tune in and say, Brian, Arts, when are you going to talk about that? Well, we'll get there too. As long as we got time. And I think we have some time today to do that. Do you have any appointments that I should know about while we're doing this? I have no idea. Okay. I personally don't want my phone on me. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. So one of the things I want to do today, it's kind of funny how these things happen. Uh, we do homeopathic hits now on the Robert Scott Bell show every day, a new remedy, just a little hit, like a five minute, it's a superficial, you know, pop some things in to intrigue you to go, I might open the Materia Medic and learn about that because that sounds really cool. And of all the remedies that were selected today, and not by me or Superdon, it's kind of randomly thrown out there in, in the order it happens. Um, we'll do this homeopathic hit and we'll find out what it is and why it's interesting that Brian Artis is here today with this one. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. I'm glad that uh, Brian Artis is here for this one because it's Lachesis or Lachesis. And uh, I didn't plan it. Superdon didn't plan it, but it happens to be that. I want to say a shout out to Nutritional Frontiers for their support of this show, as well as Trinity School of Natural Health and uh, Folium Products. Uh, Bobby Orr makes it possible for me to do these homeopathic hits as well. We'll go into what is Lachesis, Lachesis. It's a great homeopathic remedy I've used Almost as soon as I learned about homeopathy, it's one of those remedies that you'll go to a lot, but it became more critically important during the time of COVID. Why? All right, Super D, do we have the uh, the PDF that everybody can download? We'll, we'll cross over and look into that. So here we go. This is free for you in the show notes, and Super Don has put this in a special place so everybody can download it for free. Although if you want these segments 
as a video, it's going to be for our patrons. But Lachesis is the remedy also known for circulatory issues, also menopausal symptoms, but it's more than that. But what is it? We're going to get to that. Now, circulatory, menopausal, conditions where symptoms are worse on the left side during sleep. It's interesting how homeopathy can be very specific about symptoms that can help you pick, is this the right remedy? Seems right, but it doesn't fit there and the other one does. But you can go there, you can lose your mind trying to figure it out. That's why we just kind of give a gentle introduction. So let's explore this. Now, what is Lachesis? It's the venom of the Bushmaster snake. Oh, isn't that interesting? When Brian Artis, there's the, the <laughs> lovely uh, AI created Bushmaster looking Absolutely. very happy because now it's a remedy. Now it's helpful for you. It's not a toxic poison that you're envenomated with, including by being bitten by the snake, which most people are not, or by utilizing the drugs derived from it. That's the thing Brian Artis brought to our attention uh, some years ago. I'm so grateful for. And as I talked about the very uh, use of these snake venom remedies or various venom remedies, uh, during COVID, I didn't know about the venom peptide issue or anything like that, but it was matching up and homeopaths around the world were utilizing, hey, saying these snake venoms keep coming up for COVID symptoms. So it's derived from the Bushmaster. In homeopathy, we'll take it in terms of uh, serial dilution and succussion. A lot of these venoms are actually not water soluble uh, be because of the, the very nature. So you tend to dry them into a powder and you know, triturate through you know, the mortar pestle before they can be utilized in a liquid form for serial dilution and succussion. That way they can be safely ingested and never envenomate anybody. But they impact you in the way, almost the opposite of the way they would do in a drug form or the actual form. So physically, again, circulatory issues, a lot of venoms impact the circulatory system, blood, et cetera. Varicose veins indicated for lachesis, hemorrhoids, blood clotting disorders, also, you know, menopause, hot flashes, not just specifically the blood, but a lot of mood swings, emotional and mental issues. And, and interesting, the picture includes jealousy, suspicion, talkativeness, often with a tendency to change subject rapidly. Now, this doesn't mean everybody needs lachesis, but you'll find out that it can be helpful. I'll just add one from my history of using this remedy. The first time I remember using it, I had my kit with me. I had my little guidebook and I had a sore throat and lachesis kept coming up. So a sore throat can be a, a remedy by lachesis. Interestingly enough, it's not just one thing. It's many things. That's the beauty of homeopathy. And you can't harm yourself. Unlike other forms of medicine, even natural medicine, you can't take too much. The only thing that we can talk about are aggravations or healing crises, but those aren't toxic responses to a poison you're putting in, but the body's response to throw poisons out, interestingly enough. So other uses reminding you, circulatory conditions involving varicose veins, predisposition to blood clots, menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, mood swings, other things with menopause, left-sided, also the side of the heart, the circulatory system. Lachesis is predominantly a circulatory focus, left side and worse during sleep. So as we go down here, potencies, if you have a 10X, a 12X, a 12C30, self-help, no problem. If you get into the, you know, 1Ms, I would urge you to consult somebody because you're going so deep. And this is what we talked about guides, guide, having a guide is okay to do. Other remedies that complement this, this is just a short list, sepia, the inky juice of the cuttlefish, often used alongside lachesis for menopausal symptoms, hormonal imbalance. Interestingly enough, Aconitum napellus, uh, the de deadly monk's hood, uh, and this is uh, circulatory disturbances complementing lachesis in certain ways. And I added to the mix cuprum metallicum, one of my favorite remedies, and I was always, always prescribing this for varicose veins. It's copper in homeopathic form. And of course, we learned the role of copper uh, very profoundly uh, during COVID, why we were not focusing on it, instead focusing only on zinc. Again, that's another story we can discuss. So wrapping this uh, homeopathic hit, lachesis, valuable remedy derived from snake venom, 
uh, working with menopausal, blood issues, other things like that. And I hope you keep tuning in. If you appreciate these things, please at least share the Robert Scott Bell Show. We're still the best kept secret in health talk media. Uh, we do not have big pharma money to tell everybody to listen to us. So please share the show or even become a patron supporter and we'll continue on. Remember, this is not to replace a doc if you want one or have one, but find out how often they have a bowel movement before you hire them. And, uh, and as we move forward, again, this is for information education to give you an empowerment, if you will, to, to make decisions about the care for your health, your kids, etc. And that's the homeopathic hit of the day, Brian Ars. How cool is that? It happened to be a snake venom. I uh, don't find it a coincidence. I don't think there's any coincidence there in that. So um, the cool part of all of this is how we converge and we have various experiences in this, this lifetime and how we come together and add, we become more as opposed to subtracting and becoming less. So much of that that you like, oh, that person knows more. I've got to relinquish what I thought, you know. Ah, this is not about what life should be. I don't think I love the fact that when I am meeting someone like Dr. Brian Artis, I am uplifted. I am strengthened. I am happier. I, I, I can love you, Robert Scott Bell. <laughs> I'm just saying this is, I can do more. And this is what I want to, I want people to feel this. And it isn't about you or me necessarily, but it's about people in your life and being that for other people. Oh yeah. Loving each other regardless. Unconditionally. Yeah. So can we explore how to do that in the, in the next uh, hour when we come back in a minute, a few Absolutely. minutes? Okay. Dr. Brian Arts is with us, and we might get into some subjects that you all think about when you think about Dr. Brian Arts, and that's fine too. But I love being able to talk about this stuff because this is the stuff that lasts longer, ultimately, and helps you navigate the deceptions so you don't ever fall prey to that stuff, even though it's cool to know about that stuff. But there's so much more to it. So with that, we're going to take a pause, come back in just a couple of minutes. Say thanks to all those folks that make this message of healing possible. And uh, Dr. Brian Ars, God bless you, my brother. We'll be back in a moment. Power to heal is yours. I can't believe the joy that I am feeling here at Mountains of Hope with my buddy, Brian Artis. I'm trying to get this camera to you know balance this out. Maybe we can just keep scooting over so you're in the camera here picture. For those of you watching. The world's seen enough of me, Robert. Oh, no, no, not enough. Well, actually, I've seen enough of you. Yeah, you've seen enough of your me. swimsuit. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing saunas together. We're not doing naked saunas. If we were in Germany, perhaps. I mean, that's what nor what, what happens there. But uh, I heard that's what we're doing in the sweat lodge. Today. Is it going like, to be naked sweat lodge? That's what he said. I was like, oh my God. Why do I have to be naked? I said, I can sweat in my clothes do they don't give you a g-string or anything good I lord no idea i don't i don't know if i want to do that now Me that's either. a little intimidating now <laughs> i have been in europe where uh you know in my years of traveling throughout there on the url passes and everything that i've gone to these things and it's like that's just normal there it's mm -hmm. like we have a they have a different view of the body where it's sure. like take your clothes off like here we have a western puritanical a little bit different view of the body so it's a little awkward <laughs> yeah for whatever reason i don't know but uh anyway because I, of religion yeah i think so in that in that way not you know not all nudity leads to fornication nope right when you have a spiritual grounding and basis how, how many animals do you see wearing clothing that's true yeah all of yeah. nature is naked except for humans yeah yeah that's interesting yeah that, that goes even, even even those hairless cats <laughs> that won the prizes <laughs> when we were up at that event there where's that outside of portland that yeah. was hilarious oh my gosh that was great yeah, that was funny 
So anyway, we're, we're just talking about a whole lot of things. Let me just say a quick shout out to Bobri Oren, my friend. He's originally from uh, Georgia when it was controlled by the Soviet Union. And he brought uh, what, what transpired out of uh, the, the Ukrainian incident known as Chernobyl, that disaster in the 80s. They developed a pine tree based blend that is all, you know, organic botanical, basically, to counteract the ionizing radiation that would would have killed everybody. And he's brought that and formulated some beautiful things that have helped help my mother get back on the dance floor at 89. She's about to be 90 next month. And I'm grateful for Bobby for bringing that my attention. He also, when we talk about people knocking on, hey, Brian, pay attention to this. I need you to look at this. And you're like, I've heard it all, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some genuine things that are breakthroughs that are that good. And uh, the folium products, look into them, uh, ionizing radiation, heavy metals. It's a Chernobyl-level antioxidant. And it's been for people that have gotten stuck and hit a ceiling and they're like, I don't know, I can't break through. Um, they get on the folium, it's like a breakthrough. So look into that, foliumpx.com, mention RSB, uh, get a little 10% discount and such. And we'll see Bobby at a number of shows as well. He's he's tenacious too. They People on a mission. You're like, you don't understand them until you go, what are you all about? What are you really doing? They're, they're driven, right? You know, they have this drive. And if you don't know, it can be uh, uh, pretty pretty uh, daunting to, to meet people on a mission. <laughs> but don't be frightened. Brian is not going to bite. Uh, not yet. No, not yet. So uh, anyway, we got... Um, Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I didn't read any of the articles today and Super Don's not annoyed with me because I'm here. It's I have no, t you know, we've been so immersed in all the things going on here. But one of the articles, he said seven in 10 Americans consider themselves spiritual. I, I'm encouraged by at least that self-consideration of that. I don't know what that means for everybody. It's different. I just don't like the kind of spiritual people that are holier than thou that judge others who are not. I'm like, what about unconditional love? What about the loving, the example, being the example as opposed to beating people into submission? I'm just you know, I'm, I'm over that. I'm over that too, man. It's been a long time. I've been over that. Yeah. Just like you. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. So anyway, this journey. Now let's talk about what you probably want to hear. Dr. Also, Artis, I have a question. A, oh yeah. Can I start a question? Yeah, of course. You know, you, you read all these articles and you hear about all these surveys. You surveyed, I don't know, 2000 Americans, right, 5,000 right. Americans. And this is what represents now the entire body of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. These are, I see these all the time. Have you ever been a part of a survey? Um, that ended up being published in a mainstream article. Mm, I don't think so. I, I've never been approached no. or ever. Yeah. Who are I'm they asking? Who them? are you asking yeah. these questions to? I've never seen these right. surveys. Now we have done surveys ever. on our newsletter list. So we actually get responses from real people that give me an indication. Yeah. And that was the one thing over the years as a homeopath, I'm like, I never wanted to do a show about homeopathy because I thought it would bore people to tears and they would tune out. I'd never have a show. So I had this hypersensitivity about it. And then I find out on this survey, it was like 90% of people wanted me to talk more homeopathy. I'm like, what are you people crazy? It's so boring. Really? <laughs> really? And that's when, you know, in Super Don, you know, again, the stubbornness of me, it took Super Don and others to go, dude, you need to be doing this. And well, what were many, you talking about before? Everything. I mean, I throw in a pepper it, but I, I didn't really do concentrated homeopathic segments. Just I thought it would turn people away and off. And I, I don't know what craziness. Well, you was own that. it now. I guess so. I got to. And, <laughs> and again, thank you for speaking out. Thank you for Super Don for going, you need to do this. And thank you for Brian R saying, you need to be here. And I'm like, it takes what it takes. And I acknowledge the love that, uh, uh, that others have, you know, that I hope I have for myself that encourages me to do things sometimes when I go, oh, I don't know. So be open to those things. Now, one of those things, of course, people want to hear any updates about uh, revelations in terms of where things are going. What have we learned post COVID? What are they still getting wrong? 
you know, what are more people starting to come come around to from the point when they, you know, were attacking you viciously for what you came out with? Are is it now more? Hey, oh, oh, of course, we now know that's happening. Yet. Have we achieved any levels like that yet? Oh, actually, it's been a huge, uh, rewarding experience for the last at least six months, mm-hmm. actually. So in May of this year, May of 2023, NIH published a paper and I didn't know they were publishing the paper. They funded it. They paid, they paid for it. And then they submitted it mm-hmm. and then published it. And it, the day it went out, I got like 10 text messages from MDs who were not totally on board with the venom aspect of COVID, mm-hmm. which was all right. Not in mind. Okay. I knew what I knew. I know no. what you think, you know, <laughs> but, uh, on, on the topic itself, mm-hmm. but everybody was sending me that morning and I've consistently got it almost daily for six months now, people mm-hmm. sending me that same article. It was a paper done in January of this year, or sorry, in May of this year, NIH, the title reads SARS-CoV-2 spike ectodomain, the spike protein mm-hmm. targets alpha seven nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. Now, for those of you at home, I'll make this easier. The spike proteins of COVID target and bind to nicotine receptors in the body. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the first time ever that our federal health agencies ever acknowledged and published that the nicotine receptor is the target. And why was that significant? And why everybody, every medical doctor who sent me the article that next morning independently said, why would they admit this now? Great work a year and a half ago. So if you were just read the title, <laughs> I said in the Watch the Water documentary that the, the real target is not the ACE2 receptors that they keep talking about in the body. It's actually these nicotine receptors. And at the end of the credits, I put the, the, the list of antidotes to the weaponized venom they call COVID. And the very first one was nicotine. Well, this entire article is for the first time ever, the NIH is now publishing a peer-reviewed published paper for all the medical professionals and scientists that are reading those journals mm-hmm. that it is true. It targets nicotine receptors. And in the very first paragraph, it reads the spike protein of COVID Mm -hmm. is identical to rabies virus, HIV-1's glycoprotein, it's spike protein, and snake venom neurotoxins. They added that in. Yeah. Dude. And so that was in May of this year. Okay. Just a few months ago. So since then, you've just seen a ton of people go, oh, no. Okay. So... The people who were brave enough to acknowledge they were wrong in their assessment of my claims, mm-hmm. now seeing it published by the NIH for some reason, which I don't trust the NIH whatsoever. So my response was very different than theirs. Okay, so talk about realities, right? Mm-hmm. So do you know that they use scientific journals to engineer the thought processes of medical professionals? Oh, clearly. To and, me, it's do, clear. But and yeah. do you know they lie to them in yeah. those articles? Chronically chronically. <laughs> okay. So when they sent this to me, all the medical doctors were like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. You were right. Look, the NIH just published it. Now sorry. the NIH said so. Now they said so. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God, the NIH said what? Like, this is my response. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> let me, let me read this article. And no one read the article. This is what's interesting. The, the abstract, every research paper sure. has a summary at the top. Mm-hmm. What's a, what's amazing to me is people just read that summary and they never read the entire article. Mm-hmm. So I, new from the reality I've experienced for the last 25 years of being in health care that in most medical journals, there is the funders you have to look at first, who's funding the study because they're wanting the results typically for something to benefit them. So the NIH to publish this and admit this to the medical professionals, they went like this. Oh my God, they're actually talking about snake venom and binding to nicotine receptors. That's what Dr. Artis said. So they sent me the thing. 
my reaction was not that. My reaction was, oh my God, why would they do that? Mm-hmm. Why are they admitting right. that now? That why are they openly doing that? Immediately. Robert yeah. Scott yeah. Bell. Yeah. If you don't yeah. read the article, right. you don't know. Now, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, world, if you've been paying attention to what I've been saying and presenting around the world for the last year, and now since May of this year, I will always put that article in my presentations to show the world that there's a published article with a title and a summary that is exactly my claims. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've never actually showed anybody what's actually in that paper. You want to know why? I, I want to know why. You want to know what's in that paper? Yeah, I do. Why the NIH would have funded this paper and actually yeah. published it? Yeah. They decided to create a fraudulent paper mm-hmm. and state that because mm-hmm. the spike proteins of COVID target nicotine receptors, we, the NIH, decided to find out if the venom proteins that are identical to HIV's venom proteins, called the spike protein, and rabies virus. And to sum this up for people at home, this uh, homeopathic remedy you just offered in the last one, mm-hmm. lachesis, is that yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so lachesis from, from venoms. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the spike protein of rabies virus is also homologous, they say, scientifically, meaning identical to or derived from snake venom? Mm-hmm. And do you know that the HIV one's spike protein called GPT, GP120, glycoprotein120, did you also know that they've been publishing for 30 years that that's homologous or identical to or derived from snake venom? And then they tell you that, so now they're listing in this NIH paper, rabies, mm-hmm. HIV, that both have spike proteins that are homologous to snake venom proteins. Mm-hmm. And now snake venom neurotoxins are the spike proteins of COVID. That's what it says in the summary. So I show that up there. And I'm like, see, even the NIH is telling you. Yeah. What I don't show them is actually what the purpose of the article was. The entire purpose of the article, not a joke, Robert, when you get into it, the, the whole intent of the article was to test what does bungarotoxin the spike protein of COVID that comes from crate snakes venom, mm-hmm. this neurotoxic venom protein found to be the origin of COVID in January, 2020 by Chinese researchers. They said it, the origin of COVID is this crate snake from Asia. The second most likely source is Cobra venom from the King Cobra called Cobra toxin. So in this article, May of this year, they took bungarotoxin and they injected it or studied it with cells or mm-hmm. put it in a Petri dish. Yeah. And they want to know does bungarotoxin bind to alpha seven nicotine receptors? Yep, it does. And then this is what they said. We wanted to know, does nicotine release the bungarotoxin? So they put nicotine in there after binding nicotine. And they said when they put nicotine into it, nicotine and bungarotoxin have the exact same neurotoxic effect. Therefore, nicotine is not beneficial at treating COVID. Okay. So this was, we'll give you a partial truth. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to publish a fraudulent study that tells medical doctors if they go read it, not to trust nicotine as an antidote. Yeah, the conclusion is the deception. And this is what they say. They actually say bungarotoxin is antagonistic to alpha-7 nicotine receptors Mm -hmm. and state that nicotine, it's written out, nicotine also is antagonistic to alpha-7 nicotine receptors. Now, this is what's amazing. Robert Scott Bell, I can actually ask you to open up Wikipedia right now and type in alpha-7 nicotine receptors. Yeah. Wikipedia knows more than NIH does. So they give you a definition when you're looking at nicotine receptors. You have two terms. Mm -hmm. There's either a substance that is antagonistic and another that is agonist, Mm -hmm. A-G-O-N-I-S-T. So picture a light switch on a wall. If you go and flip it on, like flip it up, that provides light. It turns it on. That's considered an agonist mm-hmm. action. You're turning it on. Well, we got in Spanish here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. How do you convert that to English? I don't know. Let's Spanish. see. Is this, is this the thing? English. How do we get English out of this? That's really funny. 
Okay, so Wikipedia is now in Spanish and I don't read Spanish. <laughs> but uh, so there's two terms. You have agonist and antagonist. So you have a mm -hmm. switch on the wall. Let's say it's in neutral. It's just sitting in the middle. You can either flip it up and turn the light on mm -hmm. or you can flip it off and it turns the light bulb off. Now, the light bulb's always there. It's just sitting there. All you're doing is flipping a switch to actually tell the light to come on. If you turn it off, it shuts off the light, but the light's always there. This is no different than with the cell. Mm -hmm. Got it in English now. On the outside of the cell, yeah, type in a, oh, wait, let's go here. Can you type in alpha 7 nicotine receptor? There you go. Yeah. Good. All right. So let's go to. We got to get it in English oh, now again. English, right? I had it translated. So if I go backwards, I think I had it already up. But yeah, again, it's fascinating this journey here, folks. And by the way, when uh, Dr. Artis, I think this is English now. Yeah. And it's no, alpha it seven it? nicotinic receptors. Not it's not English. It's got it's got letters that I recognize. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so All right. so I need you to look at this at home in English yes. or in your own language. Okay, there's two terms. If you go to Wikipedia, it'll actually tell you alpha seven nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, or you can type in A seven. NACHR receptor. Click that on. Pull up the Wikipedia page. On that page, it actually lists. There are three things that can occur to a nicotinic receptor. Mm -hmm. You either have what are called antagonists. An antagonist is something that shuts the light switch off. Right. So the cell's there. The cell has a job to do. Like, for example, in your tongue, it tastes things. In your nose, it smells things. In your ears, those nerves hear things. Mm -hmm. So anything that gets on those alpha-7 nicotine receptors that control taste, smell, hearing, if block the function, if, doesn't it? If a some substance is antagonistic, that mm -hmm. means it hits it and shuts off the switch. Now, the light bulb didn't disappear. The nerve didn't disappear. It's still sitting there. It's just not doing its job. It cannot function anymore. An agonist is what turns the switch on and turns the cell back on, right? And this is why so many people saw relief with nicotine gum patches with right. their loss of taste of smell, mm -hmm. whatever. Okay, lots of symptoms. All right. In the NIH paper, they published that mm -hmm. bungarotoxin is antagonistic. That means it shuts it off. Right. And that nicotine does the exact same action as bungarotoxin, meaning it's antagonistic. Well, if you go to Wikipedia or any publication online, mm -hmm. nicotine is not a published antagonistic of any kind to any nicotine receptor of any kind. And there's multiple, alpha 1 through 11, 12. Mm -hmm. So... Nicotine is a known agonist. It actually turns on, on all cells. Right. And it doesn't matter what platform you go to, what scientific paper you look at. It doesn't matter. Every single other study, published paper, media, article, doesn't matter, always tells you nicotine is an agonist. Mm -hmm. Turns on nicotine receptors. Yeah. The NIH just published a fraudulent lie that even Wikipedia could, could counter that nicotine and bungarotoxin or snake venom have the same effects on the cells, but this was to actually publish a lie. To keep docs, to keep to read docs it from, from promoting using nicotine. nicotine. So it was okay that they, it was okay they published the half truth, mm. but I knew there was some deceptive reason why the NIH was, would attempt yeah. to publish that now and say it. Does a half truth become a whole lie in that case? Yeah, mm. a whole lie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to your point about folks, uh, I've been reading peer-reviewed literature as well all the years, especially in, in the areas of interest I have. I go in, I want to learn more. You can get the headline, if you will, of the the, the title and then the the uh, abstract overview. But until you go in, it's like, I want to know why they're saying that. That you have to go into the body. Of, you have to read the yeah, paper. You actually have to read the paper. And so when I, you know, present on things, you know, and I get silver, you know, for instance, I've been lecturing on that for over 22 years. It's just been a fascinating subject. 
there are amazing amounts of literature published on investigating silver in various forms and concentrations. But, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, look what it says it does. It's another thing to then go in. All right. Let me go to those mechanisms, those pathways to understand them. That's where I wanted to go to be able to not just superficially say something that in the body of the paper, it's not supported because that happens. What you've just said, it's not unusual. It's not the only, you know, I think in this case, it was very very targeted very and intentional. purposeful. Yeah. I mean, there, there was like, we got to, we got to stop this. We nicotine have to stuff squeeze yeah. this nicotine solution around the world that people are finding because it's offsetting people buying into the vaccine agenda. Mm -hmm. So if they find a simple solutions over the counter and not toxic or deadly or experimental, yeah. they're going to go to the patches or the gums. They're not going to go to the vaccine. And so then we got, and I had to squeeze this. A lot of Western governments, Biden administration saying they're going to phase down the amount of nicotine in cigarettes yep. or ban them all together. And all these years now they do that. It's very strange. Very strange. Times. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's very strange to me seeing how a whole bunch of our vegetables have nicotine in them and no one seems to be addicted to veggies. Yeah. We had eggplant like yesterday in one of the things they made oh, us. Yeah, so I was did. thinking yeah. I was getting my nicotine fill yesterday. Have you woke up this morning with a craving for eggplant? Uh, no, not, not, not never have. <laughs> <laughs> but there's but, lo it's loaded with nicotine that supposedly is addictive substance. It's very odd. Interesting. But very no one is addicted yeah. to cauliflower I've ever met. Yeah. We had some of that. Yeah. Celery. Mm hmm. Uh, eggplant, zucchini, squash, right. white white potatoes. Maybe people do like white potatoes. A little bit. Yeah. White, potatoes, white potatoes have nicotine. But I haven't met a single person that's like eating tomatoes, which has the third highest nicotine content of all plants. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes do. I haven't met anybody that's like, I need a tomato break at work. <laughs> I got to go out right. and suck down a tomato. But uh, no, I've never seen it. Cauliflower, eggplant. Yeah. No. So uh, they've lied to you about that too. There's a chemical mm -hmm. called pyrazines. They started adding in the 70s to all tobacco products. And this makes the product addictive yeah. to increase sales. We, we talked about that years ago, as I mentioned to you, and I think we were on the air together about how we learned of the various things in tobacco cigarettes that were not tobacco that mm -hmm. were actually the problem, mm -hmm. including you know, trace elements of opium that were found in papers that the manufacturers of the big, big tobacco were using. I'm like, dude, anything that could get you hooked on this product, but it, it wasn't actually tobacco. And I and always brought that up historically, how tobacco was used ceremonially and, and medicinally. And even in homeopathy, we have it as you know a remedy. And I thought, Somebody must have messed this thing up along the way, like they messed all these things up along the way. Absolutely. And so we were to vilify this plant that God created, but it's not the plant. It's how it's altered by man and his arrogance to do things that are nefarious and horrible to people. So, Did you know, Robert Scott Bell, that this week is the CDC's National Flu Vaccine Awareness Week? Is it? Yeah. In no, the United States. December 4th through the 8th. Did you know that this is <laughs> Flu Vaccine Awareness Week? All right. So let's talk about that because it'll be fun. Flu it's, a new, shot it's, a, it's a new topic. So mm -hmm. I decided uh, two weeks ago, I was going to dive into the what's wrong with flu shots. Mm -hmm. So I want to what's wrong with flu shots. So I called a presentation. What's wrong with flu shots? One on one. And I decided I was going to do a one hour presentation and release it this week. However, I've already released two parts and I'm into my third part and I will have a fourth part just on flu vaccines. Mm -hmm. So if I asked you, do you know how many flu vaccines currently there are approved by the CDC to be used as flu vaccines? Do you know what the number is? No, how many are there? Nine. Okay. Do you know how many of them have Medine Darby canine kidney cells in them? All of them? Nope. No. How many of them? Just one. Just one of them? Medine Darby canine kidney cells. Do you know what that is? Well, them? what kind of dog is called a Medine Darby dog? That's a great question because I had to look it up. So I was like, yeah. what is a Medine Darby dog? I've never met that I know of a Medine Darby dog. You haven't actually until I tell you what it is in English. Okay. It's actually a Cocker Spaniel. No way. Yeah. They're going after Cocker ki Spaniel kidney cells. And that's the first 
excipient ingredient inside the flu vaccines. All right. So why okay, are they so targeting copper, cocker spaniels for this? I had to look that up. Mm -hmm. See, this is how my mind works. Just like mm -hmm. yours. Like, why did you choose to put, oh, actually, I want to know something. Have you ever learned in homeopathy that it's a good idea to inject foreign species or of animals, organ cells inside oh, of you as a therapeutic? It is one of the most horrific things you ever learned that was being done ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you find that therapeutic? And do you tell your audiences that we should just inject ourselves with other animals' species DNA? Quite the opposite, actually. Okay, good. Just yeah, checking. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, have <laughs> you read anything in homeopathy that says it's a good idea to ingest, inject, or wear, or smear some other animal's cells on your body for therapeutic reasons? No. No, 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 no. All right. So, if that's not the case, my question was like yours just now why would they put cocker spaniel kidney cells in the flu shot? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if I asked you a question, seriously, let's do this. Let's, mm -hmm. let's play devil's advocate here. Okay. Or. Just be curious. Yes. All right. So what organ would you say the flu impacts the most? You, see, the flu. you see intestinal and respiratory uh, symptoms mostly, yeah. primarily. Do you often hear about kidney issues with the flu? Not so much. Me either. So why yeah. would you pick the kidney yeah. cells to put in there from the dog? So yeah, I had to look that up. Again, like, that's the question. All right. So here. why would you put cocker spaniel cells in there? So I had to look it up. And you look it up under Medine Darby kidney canine kidney cells. Mm -hmm. That's all you gotta look up. And what they discuss in there is that the cocker spaniels kidney cells they have found mm -hmm. of all cells they've studied in nature from all species they have studied, mm -hmm. that cocker spaniel kidney cells are the most easily infected with the flu <laughs> virus. Well, then that's what we want to use to inject into people to help them prevent flu. That makes that all the sense in the world. <laughs> response. I was like, wow, wait a minute. You got to be kidding me. Because it is the most easily infected. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what science is going to tell you. Mm -hmm. This is why we study Medine Darby kidney cells from the Cocker Spaniel. That's why we put them in Petri dishes and put the flu in there. Mm -hmm. We want to see how the flu infects cells. And that research is just spilling over into our vaccines. Mm -hmm. No, it isn't. You're putting it in there for a reason. What does occur, though, in the human body when you inject kidney cells from a dog inside of a human? What would be an outcome you think that will happen with the immune system as you have studied? Well, you're going to have an immune response to inflammation. You, you might have autoimmune if any of these tend to combine. or I am or look thinking at you will develop an autoimmune disorder. Yeah. 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 Why? Well, I mean, you know, these things tend to combine apparently in ways when you inject them that they wouldn't when you ingest them uh, to your own DNA potentially. And that would alter, you know, the interpretation of your own immune cells or what's self and non-self. It gets confusing at that point. Oh, yeah. How similar do you think the kidneys are in you as a mammal, mm -hmm. dogs as a mammal? Yeah. Uh, whales as a mammal. Pretty, pretty similar in terms of uh, functionality and how they're going to be formed and things. So. Every kidney is yeah. designed to do the exact same thing for every mammal. So it's yeah. cellular function. All of it is very similar. Mm -hmm. If you're going to inject it inside of you, the body will recognize with your immune system that is not your cells. That is not your kidney cells floating around your body. It's dog mm -hmm. kidney cells or something foreign to this body. Then the body will attack, form antibodies to attack those foreign kidney cells. Yeah. And then those antibodies are now programmed to look for any cellular structure similar to what they are designed now. Mm -hmm to attack yeah. and they will start attacking the kidneys. All right. So here's my next question for you. Did you know that in three of the nine flu vaccines, three of the nine, mm -hmm. did you know that they have hydrocortisone in it as a ingredient? Hydrocortisone. Really? Yes. An immune suppressant? An immune suppressant. 
Uh, what's the purpose of the vaccines? Is it supposed to suppress your immune system or boost it? Illicit immune response. You usually put things to aggravate your immune system into action. And you're going to say, we're going to suppress your immune system with a shot? What's up? What's up with that? I was shocked. What's up with that? Over the last three weeks to realize hydrocortisone's in three of these. Okay. Uh, That's pretty ridiculous. Then I'd like to ask you this. Did you Mm -hmm. know I decided to look it up? I was on a plane. Jane's Mm -hmm. like, What's your beef? Because I was getting upset about hydrocortisone in the shots. I was like, why are they even putting that in there? And Jane goes, well, what's the big deal? And I was like, I'm going to actually show you. Watch this. And she, she goes, what are you going to look up? And I just typed in hydrocortisone injected in mice. Hmm. That's what I wanted. Then I changed it. Now, right. I wrote small doses of hydrocortisone injected into mice. First article that pulls up. It's a mouse study. Hydrocortisone injections in mice study. That's the title. Mm-hmm. The very first sentence reads, it is well established that small doses of hydrocortisone can cause spinal column disorders in young people. People. This is a mouse study. But the first sentence reads. You said that they said people? Hydrocortisone in small doses, it's well established, will cause spinal cord, spinal column, right. which is your vertebrae, your yeah. spine, disorders in young people. You want to name a few spinal cord disorders? I will. Spinal column disorders? Yeah. How about spina bifida occulta? Mm -hmm. How about spina bifida in general? How about scoliosis that affects millions of children and adults in this world who've all gotten flu vaccines since they were six months old? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you know that's when they tell you to get injected? The reason why I liked the idea of hammering it away at this concept uh, of the flu vaccines is because it's the only vaccine that is actually told to every American from the time you're six months old till you're year, in the grave. Every year, every year. Till you're in the yeah, grave yeah. from six months old till then. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to know, uh, hydrocortisone suppresses the immune system. It does not support it. If you want to know why it is, I think they put that in there, is because they know the other ingredients create an overreaction you know, or an anaphylactic mean, reaction. Or, yeah. So they're going to put something in there to try to subdue cool some and of chill that. it down. Yeah. yeah. So but, it totally, it's just ridiculous. Short-term uh benefit in their um, eyes, but long-term detriment to anybody who's continually exposed to these injections, clearly. And each one is worse than the other. Uh, So the flu shot. Flu shots. Did you know that there's actually seven of them out of the nine that have polysorbate 80 in it? That I was more familiar with as an ingredient regularly. So what does that uh, do to the body? And why do do we need that? How does that boost our immune system against a virus? Yeah, no, that's a, a good question. Polysorbate 80, I think it's a preservative, is it not? I mean, what would they be trying to preserve? Emulsifier, yeah. But what is it published to do in the body? Uh, I think it allow, allows things to cross barriers that they wouldn't normally cross, right? Access to parts of the body you don't normally. The one they study the most is the blood-brain barrier. Mm. In polysorbate 80, they Isn't publish, is used, they use nanoparticle polysorbate 80 bound yeah. to drugs because polysorbate 80 will carry the drug through the blood-brain barrier and get it to your brain. Mm-hmm. So it punches holes in your blood-brain barrier. Do you know either how Mother Nature or God designed the human body? Even more strong than the density of your bones, the strongest tensile tissue of any kind in the body is the blood-brain barrier. So either God designed it that way or Mother Nature knew we need to protect the central nervous system. Mm-hmm. But science found is a way telling to you violate it. We need to inject something that mm-hmm. will create neurotoxicity forever. Mm-hmm in the future and inject you with some of that every yeah. single year of your entire life. See, when you get to these discussions, y'all, you, 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 maybe you have a little sympathy for when Brian or I would say some things of that modern medicine, allopathic Western medicine, the monopoly is the medicine of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you understand this is where I hear these things. I go, I can't believe I'm saying that, but that's really, this is demonic. It they, is. they don't n- not know this. 
This is known to any and, and the doctors that continually do it in ignorance are still responsible for their action. Are they not? I mean, they have a they license, are. a degree, and they're still doing this. And let's let's just open this up for the audiences. OK, uh, let's go back to hydrocortisone. If you are prescribed a steroid, which hydrocortisone is, prednisone is, these are called corticosteroids. Mm -hmm. If a medical doctor, a rheumatologist, for example, said you have rheumatoid arthritis, Mary, mm -hmm. we need to give you hydrocortisone or prednisone. They're both corticosteroids. They do the exact same function. Out of the words of the medical doctor's mouth is going to be this. You're going to have to be on this for the rest of your life, Mary, because you have this genetic predisposition for rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and gout and stuff, which is not true. It's totally false. Yeah. Robert Scott Bell audiences. Mm -hmm. But they're going to tell you that. But out of their mouth, when they prescribe you hydrocortisone, they're going to say this. This is an immune suppressant. You need to be careful not to be around infected people. <laughs> Okay, yes. so it's going to be easier for you to catch the virus or the bacteria and be mm. sick. Can you believe hydrocortisone is in three of the nine and a third of the flu vaccines for Americans? I mean, if hydrocortisone is known by all medical doctors to suppress your immune system and make you more susceptible to infections yeah. and also create spinal column disorders in young people, and that's mm. published. Why would you ever inject that or even offer to inject that? So for me, what I'm going to be doing out of this is I'm going to actually take all nine vaccines and all of their ingredients, which I'm doing. There's so many ingredients in them, but uh, I'm going to go through each of those and then publish what it is is known as the detrimental effects of each of those ingredients. And now give that to the patients in a little booklet form. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have a lot of power yeah. to be able to go like this. Hey doc, you know, there's three of these flu, which flu vaccine are you telling me I need to get right now? Yeah. Uh, I don't want these three by name. Do you sell those three? Is those the ones you're going to be pushing me? I don't want flu ad. I don't want flu cell vax. I don't want whatever. I don't want any of these three in here. They have a substance called hydrocortisone that suppresses my immune system. I don't want those. So at least it gives you some power to have a conversation or then it opens up the ability to go like this. If you can explain to me why hydrocortisone's in the flu shot, how that's going to boost my immune system against the vi a virus. Let me know. Yeah. The or, truth is the medical doctors don't know anything about those vaccines or what's in the ingredients. They just trust big pharma. Right. And in the case of the rheumatologists that, you know, prescribe these corticosteroids, corticosteroids, either way, they are also degrading connective tissue integrity over Absolutely. time, destroying the very thing they're going, oh, we're going to help you. With. This is why it destroys and creates even like scoliosis. Right, exactly. Spinal, spinal column disorders. So do you have a little bit more sympathy for why I say, and what Brian has said for, for years now as well, it doesn't mean we hate the people and the individuals that are doing this, but you know, the profession itself obviously is a absolute disaster. They need to wake it, up. Yeah. And repent. And repent. Yeah. And, uh, start and help find right. solutions for yeah. the problems they're creating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise the homeopaths and chiropractors will do it. You know what else I found disturbing? I didn't really know why it's in there. First, I didn't to look it up. I was like, what is that? Do you know that there's seven of the nine flu vaccines that currently have ovalbumin in it? From what, where do they get deriving this? Oval, ovary, ovalbumin, ovalbumin. And I was like, I mean, what in the world is ovalbumin? Ovalbumin. I mean, Ova is Latin for egg. Yeah. So I was like, oh, they must be right. using eggs. So I had to go look Valbumin, it up. Yeah. It's egg whites. Okay. From, they Where? don't tell you what animals. Yeah. But did you know that 20 years ago, the Chinese who make up 80 to 90% of all of our vaccines we use in America. Yeah. Actually now culture their components in the vaccines. They used to do it in chicken eggs. Do you know they now do it in snake eggs? No, I the snake eggs. Yeah. And you can look Good it up. Lord. There's documentaries on this. There's actually, there's actually Chinese snake villages are what they're called. Mm. All they do is harvest eggs for the pharmaceutical industry to manufacture vaccines. Mm. All right. So they use the egg whites yeah. 
and they put egg whites of used to be chickens, now it's snakes, in flu vaccines, seven of the nine of them. Uh, do you know anybody that has like egg allergies? Oh boy, boy, those are big. Yeah. Chicken allergies, chicken mm-hmm. egg allergies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's tons mm-hmm. of it. You want to know why? They're injecting you with foreign DNA that doesn't belong there. Where are we to be consuming? <laughs> How is chicken egg material of any kind, white, yolk, it doesn't matter. How's that supposed to get into our body if we're going to take it in? You're supposed to swallow Ingestion. it. Yeah. And then it goes into your digestive tract. And then you have a, you have bacteria, fungi, your digestive tract, to help break that stuff down. You have your immune system to manage it all, then absorb the nutrients from that. When you do vaccines, you're injecting yeah. Bypassing egg that. protein directly into your bloodstream past the, the immune system. And what is your immune system going to do now? It's going to create antibodies against egg protein. Mm-hmm. Now you got this massive possible anaphylactic reaction in the future when you go to eat eggs or bloating or gas or any mm-hmm. of these allergic sure. reactions. They are setting up massive allergies, <sighs> asthma with proteins mm-hmm. right. from the eggs of other creatures mm-hmm. and injecting their DNA inside of you too. Yeah, I'd like to ask you, how does chicken white prevent the flu? Egg whites, chicken, from egg chicken whites prevent, prevent the, the flu. flu. How does snake egg whites prevent you from the flu? Did you know that you could eat an all-white omelet of chicken mm-hmm. eggs and be a flu vaccine? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're telling you. You can just eat egg whites, and no, it's a these, flu. It's a flu preventative. I've never heard that. Are these, are, are these are basically growth medium or added in for another purpose? Growth medium. Growth medium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, of course, with the mRNA technology, they were able to move away from the growth mediums, apparently, and do it differently. Genetic engineering these things. Well, right now, the 2024 recipient summary by the CDC tells you that seven out of the nine still have egg white proteins mm-hmm. in them. All right. We, we we got a question of the day, Super Don, I want to get to with Dr. Brian Artis here. It can help us out with this one. This relates to minerals and skeletal issues. I think uh, he's more than up to the task. This is from Yolanda. Hi, Robert Superdon and Dr. Artis. I'm going to add in there. My <laughs> husband's kidney, we're talking kidney doctor here, told me to give him a Tums tablet to help remove excess phosphorus that showed up on his lab work. Do you have any suggestions to help remove or lower phosphorus? Well, clearly a mineral, uh, you know, elemental imbalance here, but uh, a Tums towel. I grew up on eating Tums because every meal I ate, I had reflux and acid indigestion and it's like, what a mess I was. Man, you were totally Tums deficient. Oh, completely. Clearly. <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, have you ever heard of something like this? Uh, how to remove excess phosphorus? Yeah. The very first thing I would do is actually make sure you're drinking only distilled water. Mm-hmm. Simple. That, remember, the kidneys themselves are only designed to filter water <laughs> out of the blood. So don't be putting sugar, Coke, alcohol. Just mm-hmm. get rid of that crap. Drink distilled water. Yeah. You should see the phosphorus levels come down. Yeah. I think that I mean, the, in a heartbeat. we were consuming phosphoric acid containing sodas much of our young life. I was a Coca-Cola addict. And uh, man, I, I don't know how I got through my childhood. Honestly, I willed myself to do things. But um, the, the next generations have been as bad or worse than me. And the message we've got to send to these kids, especially if they want to have kids, we've got to do a lot of work. And by the way, the Healing for the Ages crew, if you haven't tapped into that. That was amazing. And there's more to come. We may get a chance to sneak preview a little bit about mm-hmm. some of the vision of where that may, may go. Uh, so uh, in terms of uh, homeopathic phosphorus is one of my favorite remedies. And you can often use the remedy itself of the same thing you, pro- you have a problem with to help the body utilize that more appropriately. And if you've got excess of it to start dumping it now, so to Dr. Artis's point, stop putting things in that contain it in abnormal quantities or amounts or, or, you know, that shouldn't be there because these are added in artificially because in food, you'd have a balance of all of these minerals if it's grown organically. Now, the other thing is when you eat conventionally grown factory farm foods, NPK, 
you know, this is what they're adding to the soil. And then they add a lot of other toxic poisons, but phosphorus is one of those things that's going to have an imbalance and excess in the food you eat if it's not certified organic and grown balance. So just another thing to consider there for uh, your husband. There might be some other homeopathic things, but I also recommend the distilled water for Mm -hmm. sure. You've got to do. And then number two, organic cranberry juice and dilute it half water, half a cup of water. Sorry, yeah. half a cup of water, half a cup of the organic bitter cranberry juice, and you're going to do two cups of that a day, and you yep. should see an amazing improvement in your phosphorus. Yeah, and calcfos is another homeopathic remedy that can re- do those balances. Calcarium phosphoricum is, is the name. It's another remedy you can give him as well, and just support the liver, support the kidneys, clean, clean water, distilled water in that case, and he'll be on his hopefully merry way soon. If there's other things you ought to ask, just submit them at robertscottbell.com or when we're live on the air if you have questions and more that man is sweating yeah get him in a sauna he needs to sweat yeah get him in there with the relaxed saunas we have access to as well on the website uh let's see fasting could reduce signs of alzheimer's profound effects so there's more studies coming out about the benefits of fasting animals are smarter than doctors you know they they fast and like like how many which of you have medical doctors that have told you you should fast right today is my day friday of fast i'm doing juice fast today because they're providing this beautiful green juice so i'm still going to drink that i have never right. heard a medical doctor say it i've not yeah i mean no. ever yeah this i actually just went through my brain i've never heard one say it yeah uh fasting no it's not part of their curricula certainly flexner report would you know they kick them right out if they said you know i think fasting would do this better than that drug uh, they would be drummed out of the profession before they even got their medical degree. Um, that's what they learned. That's what I learned. And that's why we've got to help correct them. We're trying to help them too, y'all. This is not about hating on the people who are doctors. A lot of them that come over, man, we welcome them with open arms. We're oh man, they've all been lied to. Don't worry. Yeah. Like many of us have. Yeah. And, and, you know, the healing for the ages conference was beautiful in so many ways because all four of you, no medical doctors, no allopaths on the, you know, and, and, this is unprecedented in, in let's say modern times where all of these conferences, you got to have at least one or if not many and the panels, everything, Oh, we got to go. Cause we worship them. No, stop it. And now we're seeing, we're actually getting to the heart of what really is going on. How and cool was that for you that the, we did that? That was the coolest dude. <laughs> the coolest. You know, no, I, it's time for y'all to learn from us. Yeah. And you all, I only had one complaint at the end and you, you know, apparently resolved it. I don't I know. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's all over. Yeah. So welcome to healing for the ages, Robert Scott Bell. Yeah. So we'll have some homeopathy and other things to in, in, uh, invade into the world. Right. It's like, no, we're not the invasive species. They are, but we're trying to restore our sanity. Um, you know, the other thing you said earlier today, and we've talked about this a little bit about overcomplicating things, you know, the solutions that were brought about, even though there's so much complexity in how we got to those things to understand what, you know, even what we've talked about today on the air, the things that correct it are very, very simple. Even in that lecture the other night, we watched somebody zoomed in on, and was doing silver. It was overly complicated. It was taking something to a place where you don't even need to take it, much less they didn't understand some of these pathways. But yeah, sure. the point is, great. You want to do it? Fine. But do you need to? I want to make it easy, simple and accessible for everybody. And, I, you know, I found that was such a profound ah. Uh, my, you know, my happy, my happy dance again. Comes there, up. there are so many things that you can consider in the way of trying to help people mm-hmm. that it becomes very confusing to people. It can be overwhelming and can paralyze them to even mm-hmm. not know how to act or what choice to make or what yeah. to consider. And one of the things I find very interesting is to watch that presentation about silver. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is really complicated. Mm-hmm. This is really, and my first thought and I told you was, well, how did the Egyptians and the Aztecs and all these ancient cultures, how did they use silver? Yeah. 
they didn't have, as far as we know, these electron microscopes and these technologies to create nanoparticles. Mm -hmm. uh, how are they using it? And so I think we just complicate stuff as we become more advanced. We decide yeah. to make it more technical. And so my thoughts were, I really don't think it's how it works. And I was actually thinking most of the time, I wonder what Jim think, what Tim James is thinking, who's mm -hmm. the general manager here of uh, Mountains for Hope. Yeah. Because we heard his story the first time we were here. His best friend cured himself of cancer, multiple lymphomas and leukemias he was told he was going to die from. Mm -hmm. And he cured himself with just eating organic foods mm -hmm. yeah. and drinking distilled water. Right. There was no discussion about other minerals. There was no other discussion about other exercises. It was just stop eating the crap you're eating. Watch the eat, body eat, do, eat better do its stuff miracles, yeah. And drink water and watch the body do itself. And that guy, he was showing his picture to say this guy is now engaged and mm -hmm. has a life that Amazing. he was told he was be, he would be dead 12 right. years ago Amazing. by the medical doctor. So, yeah, anyway, we, but, we over, we but, over technology, we over analyze, analyze and overdo everything. But, you know, it, when it comes down to silver, what is the bioactive form? It's the ion, you know. You can do that. You can use it and you can benefit by it. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Uh, and it's fine. I mean, I'm, I, I like science. We do like science. We love science. science. Yeah. Like, but I love it. if I can do it simply and inexpensive, you know, this is where I want to gravitate because I know people are overwhelmed. You know, I'll tell you what I honestly think about often is when people ask me what minerals or vitamins should I consider to take every day, I often go right back to something I heard every day of my childhood. It felt like. And it was this phrase I heard, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Mm -hmm. And what I continue to think is, is why do we try in science to figure out what's in the plant yeah. instead of just telling people to eat, eat the, the plant? plant. Yes. Like, why do we go, but what is it mm -hmm. in there? Uh, why don't we just eat the plants and eat the plants and eat the plants and eat the plants and just enjoy better living? Why do we have to try to know what's in there? So my th first thought was, is uh, I've had this many times, is if an apple a day keeps the doctor away, well, what's in the apple? My, that's my next thought. And then I'm like, I just want to know what all has been found in the apples, vitamin A, B, C. What is it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, zinc, selenium. What is it? Copper. Pectin. Pectin. Yeah. Right? Like there's all this great stuff mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. Why do we as men decide we have to isolate all those things and, uh, well, and, we can and supercharge those we things? Like, sell it we have to have you. super yeah. concentrated only vitamin right. A at 500,000 international units. That's like eating 10,000 apples. You can do it with one capsule. You know what I mean? Like, well, well, yeah, it. it's allopathic naturopathy, you know, is, and we yeah. get into the isolates and, and, and I, I recognize there may be arguable place, but again, all of allopathic medicine used to be in emergencies only crisis intervention, put you back together and get you on out. Right. Yeah. That's not where mm -hmm. it is today. And a lot of people have adopted the same methodology and, 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 you know, uh, I guess, viewpoint of the world that they they take to the natural realm and we're still we're still struggling with that you know we're still transitioning how do we break free of the, the programming that is so profound and one of the coolest lessons i think for most people is this uh, the reason why it appears your conditions are so complex and so mysterious is because you're going to a medical doctor who doesn't have a clue what causes any <laughs> yeah. diseases. Yeah. And Robert, I'm seriously going to do a presentation like this. I have not even started it yet, mm -hmm. but I decided to do it uh, in my flu vaccine presentation. Okay. Inside currently several of the vaccines, I don't remember the number. There is mm -hmm. still thimerosal in two yes. of the flu vaccines right, right now. Yeah. And thimerosal mercury is published mm -hmm. to create all kinds of, Leukemias. Mm -hmm. Mercury is published and they know it yeah. causes leukemias. And thimerosal, which is mercury, is inside two of the flu vaccines. But do you know, I went through every single form of leukemia that mercury is known to cause. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, you can look it up and I show the whole audience is mercury causes this leukemia, mercury causes this leukemia, mercury causes this leukemia. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to look up what does the American Cancer Society say about what causes this leukemia? Mm -hmm. What does Yale Medicine, what does the Mayo Clinic, what does Healthline Magazine, what does, what do all these medical resources say causes polycystic leukemia or poly, whatever, you mm -hmm. name it, any kind of leukemia. Do you know in every single case the very first sentence is under what causes this. It says the cause for this type of cancer is unknown. Every single case is mm -hmm. we still don't know what caused right. it. We don't know what caused it. We don't know what caused but it. But we, we know it's go. not that. How in the world yeah. can you can? I mean, seriously, Robert, mm -hmm. if you had a car and something happened to your car <laughs> and you looked up every mechanics website in your town and every single one of them said, we don't know what's wrong with cars and we don't know how to fix them. <laughs> Would you actually still take your car there right. and go, hey, I'd still like to consult with you. No, no, no. You don't know a damn thing about cars. Would you please look at my car? I'd still like to pay you, give you my money, give you my insurance. Uh, will you please look at my, would you take your car to a mechanic who mm -hmm. actually says, we have no idea what causes problems in your car. But back out of that and understand how we got here in that analogy, when we talk about modern medicine, the only mechanics allowed to operate are those mechanics yes. in that environment. So right. you're not, you don't, have, and if you went to a, an a hippie off label mechanic. mechanic or a, that doesn't, it's not a sanctioned mechanic who actually will tell you, this is what the cause we're going to outlaw them. We're going to right. ban them. We're going to find them. We're going to threaten them with jail. Yeah. And you're going to a quack mechanic. Um, is your mechanic licensed? Did I? No, he grew up under his dad and grandpa did, who were, who were mechanics, worked on Hummers in the, did he go in to the, the wars. medical mechanic school where yeah. they learn nothing about actually what causes stuff? No, he just knows how to fix cars. Exactly. So we're, we're dealing with absurdity layer upon absurdity, but we somehow granted this group of people exalted status like they're gods and uh, they're not, they're humans, they're fallible like anybody and they're doing harm, great harm to so many, even, you know, today with all this and even the ones that don't have mercury added in at the end. The base components are preserved with mercury, so there's still residual mercury in those as well. So it's not you can't escape it. Just don't inject that. So Robert, yeah. if yeah. you if your car started making a really loud screeching noise mm -hmm. and you couldn't find any mechanics who on their website even said they knew what causes that, or you didn't know it anyway, you took it the, the car to the mechanic, and then they told you they couldn't figure out what was wrong with your car, mm. but they have a solution for you, and they handed you a set of earmuffs. <laughs> That's the solution yeah. to get rid of the problem. Hear, hear that knock. You can't hear it anymore. Yeah. Would you go back to that mechanic later? Well, why? No. Why would I do that? Uh, well, they just provided some kind of Band-Aid to keep no. you having a better experience while you drive your car. Would well, you? I did for the first 19 years of my life before I figured it out. I'm like, then I realized, oh, my gosh, what they're doing. This is how absurd it is to go to a medical doctor who's in a specialty who actually tells you on the pamphlets in their lobby, everyone you open for endocrinologist, rheumatologist, it doesn't matter. Open them. Yeah. Go to anybody, go to a medical doctor specializing in migraines and open up their migraine pamphlet, their three-part pamphlet. It will say, we do not know what causes migraines. Yeah. We do not know what exactly. causes rheumatoid arthritis. We do not know what causes Come gout. In. Hi, Ari. Hi. You coming in to say hi to everybody at the end of the show? Hello, everybody at the end of the show. Have you enjoyed Dr. Brian Artis? Yes. Yeah? You're no. Not just saying no, that? This, this girl's got an incredible voice, man. Does she ever sing on this show? You put a mic in front of her, I'm surprised she's we, not popping uh, off lyrics. <laughs> yeah, she's coughing it up right now as you speak. <laughs> Yeah, she. I think we did. Did we ever play you your have song? A beautiful voice. Yeah. Thank you. The world is blessed to hear it. So let so. it let it fly. Yeah, she got to learn to accept it though, yeah, and, it. and let let it loose. So hopefully you'll get better, so you can sing for us tonight or tomorrow or something. Yay! I got to sleep last night. Oh, good. I'm glad. Is your brother up with a sunburn or not? Oh, he, he is in pain. Is he? Is he? Did he get more aloe? No, he's 
Yeah, I put some silver on it. Oh, silver now? Okay. All right. Yeah, my, I mentioned earlier, my son doesn't realize we're at 7,000 feet at the equator. And uh, don't go out if you're a, a white as a white boy. He is. And uh, uh, and swim for a couple hours in that. And he's he's rock lobster. So, yeah. You got a little sunburn on you. Yeah, you, she was painting, you know, some watercolor of the scenery out there at the pool. And her legs got a little burned. But That's awesome. Nothing like my son. What a so. talented girl. Yeah. Amazing. These kids. Amazing yeah, what yeah. they're growing up to be. I'm so grateful. So we got a couple of minutes left here. Super Don, open up your mic. Let's check in with you. And how are we doing? Any uh, urgent questions, comments, rumble, anything going on? I know that this is the final early morning version of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Next week, we'll be back at the regular time. Uh, at least for one or two or three days. I'm traveling again. I got to go back. I got to go home for a couple of days and then go back to Sarasota uh, to help some folks out there with some things. But good Lord, it's been a great journey. <laughs> Sarasota probably won't be like Columbia, I'm guessing. No, it'll be a little bit more crowded and a different kind of energy. There'll be 5G towers everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, there will be. There won't be as many birds yeah. either chirping no. all morning long. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful actually to wake up to all the birds. Oh my gosh, it. it's gorgeous. So yeah. my my question is: is you've you've broadcast from England, you've broadcast from Curacao, from Mexico, from Canada, now from Colombia. Mm -hmm. How are you going to top this one? Uh, where are we going next? Healing for the Ages. Healing for the Ages conference. Uh, Mars, maybe. Now, if we're going to do that planning thing in January, I got to broadcast too those days. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll let you leave. We'll talk about some things. I don't want to leave. We'll let you leave the room. I don't want to leave the room. I want to dominate. While we plan the all the homeopathic remedies <laughs> without me. Without you. Of course. That's what happens when I walk out. <laughs> all right. Now let's talk homeopathy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, I still. I mean, Jamaica is always calling. The last time I was there was a long time ago. Twelve, almost. Uh, in you know, my best friend from high school's family, Jamaican, everything. Yep. So you can go there and be like live there and it, it's beautiful but we at the time i went i didn't broadcast from there so that i missed out on that so maybe i'll have to try that i'm All wearing right, the bob marley, marley shirt today that's so. true you're halfway you're there. there yeah ely would be so proud <laughs> yes exactly Ely's amazing Do dr ely loves bob marley yeah in fact it's right behind him on his podcast studio it's a, it's a picture yes yeah i see that right every time he's on there. exactly yep. So that was cool. So anything on Rumble, anything we need to know before we wrap up uh, the week? And uh, no, we got to figure out who I'll interview for a Sunday conversation. Uh, uh, California Condor on Rumble says, excellent info. Thank you. You're you welcome. Go. You're welcome. Love the name. California Condor. Awesome. Yeah, California Condor. Did you ever see the movie Condor Man, by the way? Condor it was a Man? horrible film back no. in like the 80s. Who was in that? I don't know. Okay. But, he, but this guy had a cool like car and then he dressed up like a condor, like had a big feather outfit and he would fly around. It wasn't a big budget thing. No, it was not a big budget thing. It was horrible. And I laughed all the way through it because I thought it was hilarious. I've never forgot how lame that condor man. movie was. Condor man. Y'all yeah. check out Condor Man. So L Lori is saying, all right, let me see what she says here. Uh, Dr. Artist on Sunday can't get enough of his info. <laughs> they can't get enough of you. All well, right. thank you very much. Yeah. Cool. I'm here on Sunday, actually. Well, we'll what I'm going to do is record a 56-minute segment. It, it tends to be more spiritually oriented, Good. not quote-unquote religious, but, you know, in terms of the deeper conversations that I, I like it. to have, too. So yeah. if you want to do it, I'll do it. I don't mind. I don't get enough of Brian Artis either. So if you all don't, I don't either. I don't want to abuse the the wow. time that he has here with us, but uh, I enjoy I the, the spirit side of life, man. Yeah. I love it, actually. Yeah. No, it's fun to, fun to relate, fun to live, and fun to be a living example for others to do that, which we didn't know how to do it sometimes in our lives. Right. And I love to be able to share, Hey man, I didn't know it either. I'm doing it now, not because I'm better than you, but because I, I learned it the hard way 
and I'm stubborn, but I get there eventually. So thank you for making, making sure I got here, Brian. <laughs> no kidding. Seriously, man, is that not ridiculous? I mean, there's some things I just study and read, and I'm like, I cannot yeah. believe you even oh, yeah. published this, but why would you put an immune suppressant drug yeah, exactly. inside of a vaccine? We'll answer that a little <laughs> bit later, maybe in the, on the bonus round for a minute or so from now. But thanks for being here, y'all. Thanks, Brian Artis. Thank you, Super Don, and everybody. Thanks to Mountains of Hope. Check it out, mountainsofhope.com. God bless you. The power to heal is yours. Not the hard thing. Hey, hey, we're back. Oh, it's a bonus round. Just real quick. Uh, we're talking. I don't know what we're talking about. Nothing that we can say. <laughs> but uh, Brian's still here. Super Don's still here. Hey, anything else that we need to know about this week? You survived it, my friend. Thank you for getting up super early. We started at 7 a.m. your time each day. Yeah. I mean, like, like I told you before, my, my day starts two hours before that. It's yeah. just a different routine. So I, I find it funny that just the little interaction we have and the quality of the stuff, the bumpers, everything you do for this show, people notice it like Mike Murphy, who put this place on and, you know, after the show the other day, he's like, Super Don, do you think you can, I can get him to work for me, too? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Super Don. Yeah. So I said, I don't know, call him, yeah. see if he's got time. For yeah, me. let him know. I'll talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what a wonderful time we've had here. And I appreciate this, you know, the entire staff and everybody that's been here. It's been an amazing group of people, many of whom we know and love already that I probably added to it in a unique way, because many of us that came this week have been engaged in these things for a long time. If you come to it without that, it, it's going to be different. You know, you're, you're kind of starting something new. So uh, if you come here and have difficult experiences, it's, you know, part of the process of healing. Detox is not always pleasant. And you will do that when you change the quality of food coming in your body. Your body will respond. And there were times where I felt like I was going to die in my healing journey, not while I was here, but years ago when I started. And having a mentor, as we talk about a guide, it's okay to have a guide. In fact, it can help you when you're like, I don't know what's happening. And they go, everything's okay. I've seen this a million times. You're going to be fine. This is actually good. Mm -hmm. But you don't know it until you learn. So. Most people don't even know it's good to poop every day. <laughs> I know. They, they think normal is well, three to five times like the American Gastroenterologist Academy tells you right. that it's normal to have maybe even one bowel movement a week is what they say. Mm -hmm. And so they're scared when they have more than one. Yeah, you're supposed right. to have one every day. If you're eating meals every day, right. you should be pooping every day. Can't believe what's coming out of me and how often. No, it's no. Yeah, it's what you want. Get it out. Get that, that it out. what you want. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else that we should know before we wrap it up? Because I don't I, think so. We'll have we'll have a uh, Sunday conversations uh, yep. on Sunday, and okay. we'll be back live again Monday in studio for a couple days. Oh no, no, that's a travel day. Oh, is Monday travel day? Yes, isn't that oh, on? Hold the calendar? on, let me look at the calendar. Hold on, yeah. it, it probably is. Hold Tuesday on. live, Wednesday I got to travel again. Thursday, Friday live. You're and right. Then, so Monday, yeah. so you'll be you'll be back live Tuesday. So I'll run we'll have on a day court. to recover on Monday. Uh, yeah. To get back on normal schedule. When do, okay. when do you head back? Monday. Monday. Yeah. Like so one a.m. in the morning is when our flight leaves. Wait, wait. One twenty a.m. So Sunday into Monday, one a.m. Mm -hmm. So it's Sunday night, really. Mm -hmm. You're heading out. Okay. All right. So we're heading out Monday, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see the 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 city. I think you guys found an organic restaurant yesterday. It was incredible. Actually. Yeah. I want to go there. Can we go it there awesome. again? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. We can. Mike so can take us. Saturday or Sunday. That would be amazing. I know the kids are craving some animal protein. Um, we had we that. Jane had salmon. Okay. I had shredded chicken sandwich. Okay. It was delicious. Nice. Yeah, we love yeah. it. We'll check it out. And I know the city is the city. Every city is a city, but still the culture is very fascinating to me here. And there's some certain elements that are really connected to the land that I really appreciate. 
And uh, they're going to do a kind of a sweat lodge ceremony this afternoon. I'm just still That's debating whether I'm going to go in or not. The heat, the heat. Oh, my gosh, the heat. So we'll see what happens. So I have I'll one request. I have one yes. request. Yes. Pick me up. I'll even pay for it. What's Pick that? me up some genuine local Colombian coffee. Do they have any of that here? Do they grow any coffee in Like Columbia? the real deal. Anything? Like yeah, grown, like like grown, grown down the hill from you, coffee beans. Yeah. So it looks like Superdome. We're going to get some Colombian coffee made here in Colombia. Coffee. Yes. I'm going to find some for you. Whole beans. I, I, it doesn't matter. Whole beans. Ground, yeah, yeah. I'd rather get you whole beans so you can grind yeah. them at your leisure. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Okay. And they're going to think I'm smuggling something in with it, but I don't care. It's for my producer. <laughs> so you're going to have to deal with it. It's coffee. It's coffee. Coffee. It's Colombian. Right. I will do that. Thank you, my brother. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you to all y'all being with us early. If you're catching the, the late show version of it, second time in the year, normal time, you missed the live interaction, but still awesome. We don't require any preservatives here on the Robert Scott Bell Show because it's so awesome. It is awesome. And Brian Artis made Super it Super Don is awesome. awesome. Robert yeah. Scott Bell is awesome. Yeah. This is why I tune into the Robert the Scott The information Bell show. is so good, it requires no expiration date. Yeah, that. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, we, well, we maybe we can talk more about the vision for healing of the ages because I think that's oh, yeah. a spiritual journey oh, too. Yes, so, so we'll get more coming up maybe uh, for Sunday conversation with Brian. We'll talk about that. But it's a, just a great gift to be alive, and you know you don't always wake up and say that because you you think about all the bad things happening. But I don't like to dwell on them. We'll acknowledge that they exist. But what the idea is to encourage you to to, to outcreate it, grow beyond it, and. Uh, we, we can't get and reach and heal everybody. I'm not a, under any delusion of that. But those who are ready, we want to reach our hand out for you. And you guys want to do that, too. That's why you're here. So thank you. I'll see you all tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, whenever. Next. Thank you. We'll Thanks, see you when we see you. Yeah. Later. All right. Later. Have fun, guys.